What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 72. As always, with my resident homies, Joel Joseph and Casey. What's going on, dudes? What up? Today we have a very, very special guest, Alan Cassidy, current drummer of Black Dolly Murder. I don't know if you guys know about that band, but uh, yeah, he's in that (laughs) band with an extensive list of bands that he's been in previously, so we'd love to get to all of that. What up, Alan? How are you, bro? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Just hanging out. How about you guys? Good, dude. I'm doing great. Everybody sounds like they had a busy day, but thanks to... um, you and to the resident homies and getting this together after all the craziness that is today. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm happy that we're here a little early this week, usually doing it tomorrow night, but St. Patrick's day got in the way of a few things. So, uh, right. Yeah, gotta dudes. get in there before everybody gets too wasted to listen to tomorrow. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Fuck so yeah. yeah, dude is, uh, you want to plug any, merch sites for black dahlia anything personal that you got side side hustles that you want to plug right now um yeah i guess so uh i guess for dahlia merch you can go to night shift merch uh that's our um main merch store and uh we pretty much have everything on there and uh, i think anything you know not on there is probably on metal blade records and uh then I've got um, some coffee that I am restocking right now, or our uh, um, Dahlia's tour manager is restocking. He he started a company called uh, Malacca Coffee, uh, and um, for those of you do, who don't know, it's a uh, Malacca is a uh, masturbating man. So um, <laughs> he, and it's it's in Greek, I guess. But uh, yeah, so there is, we're... There's, there's definitely coffee that I've drank that made me want to jerk off right after I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the uh, usual thing for me. It's it's like the first fucking 20 seconds. I think I'm going to like shit my pants. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah. and, and this coffee is no different. But um, I we're restocking that. I have this like um, maple bourbon flavor and it's called uh, nice. Blast Beans. Um, and that will be in the stores, uh, or on, in the online store, uh, soon. And I just sent out a bunch of, uh, signed drumsticks with those. So the bundle packages of my sticks with the coffee are, uh, available or will be available again soon. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty much Did you already say where where the website for that? Oh, it's a malakacoffee.com, M-A-L-A-K-A.com or coffee.com. Nice. Are you guys uh are you guys going on tour anytime soon? Yes, we have <laughs> this that beautiful uh yeah that you just posted. Um that's uh our upcoming tour and um then after that we are uh hopefully going to go into Europe and start doing uh the tour or the festival season over there. Um oh, nice. if everything so yeah, we would love to get back there and you know play all the awesome festivals again this year. So fingers crossed. Hell yeah! Park, I feel Parkway like... Drive. Wait, real quick. Parkway yeah. Drive is a Australian band, right? If I'm not yes. mistaken, they're from Australia. Right on. Yes. I think Danny did his first run with Suicide Silence with that band over there. Yeah, I remember. Seeing they're like that. a Kill Switch style band, right? Or maybe they used to be. I don't know what they are now. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was definitely metalcore in the beginning. I don't know exactly. I don't think they, they've changed much since, uh, like, back in the early thousands. Um, 
it's, mm-hmm. I think it's still about the same, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like, um, yeah, good, good catchy chorus, you know, metal core stuff. Totally. I always thought of them as like, cause it's so hard to get bands out there probably that they needed to make their own versions of certain bands to have <laughs> over there, you know, <laughs> but it's not like it's, it's a kill switch knockoff. I'm just saying like that, that epic metal core singy chorus style band. So like, residents of australia can have that over there too they need well everybody needs like the band that you know normal people can just sing along with and it's not going to be like well i don't have my gutturals down so i can't really like you know scream along with this chorus or anything so mm-hmm. totally. you know good radio friendly stuff totally uh while we're on the coffee tip real quick we got to say battleforgecoffee.com go get your fucking death metal <laughs> caffeine fix the homies over deeds of flesh pushing that shit all right let's you fucking get a uh, you can get mike hamilton signed drumsticks with every battle yeah. is it direct competition <laughs> <laughs> i know i know like damn what are you gonna bring to the table drumsticks and coffee are now a thing that come together now dude yeah well i kissed uh, no. every pair of sticks so what can they do now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude i listened to a comedy podcast and there's this guy that comes on as a character and he all he's he owns a, a grocery store but his thing is that he kisses every item <laughs> before he goes out that's that's his like slogan that's like his his thing to get people to come in is that he kisses every item I'm dur- probably during COVID is probably not doing too well <laughs> I think he, the character probably was born out of that uh, yeah. exactly he's old dude whatever dude I lick every item dude Fuck you. <laughs> dog kisses oh man can right, I do guys. one yeah can go I do it. one shout out before we go further yes this um, is what oh this is live Max what's up Max? um Shout Sorry. out to uh, Cognitive, who signed with Metal Blade Records yeah, this week. Dude. I saw oh, that. fuck and, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. And Joel Rob called Wharton, it. He, yeah, Rob Wharton. I was going to say, Rob Wharton is, a, is yeah. a buddy of mine from way before I was in uh, Dahlia. Like, not too long before I was going to go out on a, awesome. uh, a tour with Cognitive and uh, another band of mine. Oh, yeah. killer. But yeah. that didn't happen. Nice. I went out with Dahlia. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, we had a cool episode with them, and Joel was like, "You, your, your next record is gonna be your big one." Like he called it. It's true. They signed with Metal Blade, so their next one will Fucking be big. Death Joel's like Nostradamus over here. Dude. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, J- yeah, those guys are sick. And uh, congrats and yeah, the congrats. Metal Nostradamus. Joel Nostradamus. Yeah. So we'll but, catch up with them again someday. But uh, for now, we can focus on. Who we got today yeah in the now yeah i guess we have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly let's do it dude let's fucking go back in time dude take us all the way back to uh as far as you can think dude like let's go back to the future child. yeah go back to the future into your yeah. past and yeah. fucking when music clicked with you not not like as a player but just like i want to even like i always say this go as for like the f- one song that like you're like oh shit that's that's something that i really enjoy listening to um i had a lot of that because like uh both of my parents were musician and um i uh ever since i can remember i was like pretty focused on music that was in my house and um 
my dad's huge fixation was like the Beatles and especially like the poppy era. So it was kind of like the cornball, like I want to hold your hand stuff. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but it's, like, it's catchy. Yeah. It's, it's totally. good, good songwriting and shit. And, uh, there's, uh, Oingo Boingo, uh, Danny Elfman. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was a huge fucking Batman nut, like ever since I was like two years old or something. Um, I nice. don't know how I got exposed to the Tim Burton uh, Batman, but I was like a very young age. And yeah. um, so I was like kind of enamored with it, but also terrified at the same time, but I couldn't get enough. And so, you know, and then it's like, I remember my mom saying like, oh yeah, well, Danny Elfman, this guy from this band like wrote the score. And I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. And, and uh, you know, just couldn't believe that like somebody that, was in like a rock band was also writing like this super intricate music for a movie and everything. So that was part of uh, our house and, um, and I don't know, like various other kind of like, I guess radio shit when the, when the radio wasn't like totally terrible, like when there mm -hmm. was still like a decent mix of, of things. And uh, yeah, that went on for a while to like the early thousands or something. And then, um, then I started uh, getting into real quick. Like, what year were you born? Uh, Eighty nine. Okay, all right. And um, yeah, and then like my uh, my dad uh, got me into um, like Blink One Eighty Two and uh, Green Day and Nirvana and uh, Van Halen, and so I was you know I really liked all of that stuff because it was like faster and it was heavier. And then I just kind of was always looking for the next like thing that was going to top, you know, the, the grungiest, dirtiest, heaviest shit that I had heard. And, uh, so then, during all this, know, no instruments or anything. Oh no. Uh, actually. So when I was really, really young, like when I was still a baby, I was like putting together toys that I had around the house and making like makeshift drum kits out of them. And, uh, then I got a practice pad when I was probably about like four or five or something. And I had that thing till I was about, I want to say eight or nine. And then I finally wore it down to the point where it like split the practice pad head. And, uh, but it was fine. Cause then about like six months later or something, I, uh, ended up getting a drum kit for like a hundred bucks when I was 10. So, um, yeah, so then I, I had my first drum kit and uh yeah, and then and then from that point, you know, I was definitely trying to Do you remember the um, first song you tried to learn when you got your kit? Um no, not really. Uh I kind of just like jammed and would just play shit from memory because my dad also played guitar. So like he uh uh, so we would just jam together and it was always like, you know, the shit that we listened to a bunch. And, um, so yeah, that was pretty much, it, it wasn't like really actively trying to learn anything. It was more like just, you know, jamming it out and kind of, uh, hashing through it. And it was more or less, you know, the thing, cause like he'd know the song and I would generally know it. So yeah, that was it. Mm. Nice. And then, uh, I guess like heavier stuff later on, like was, Slipknot, and then I found some kids' CDs that were left on the bus, and then there was like fucking Slayer and Pantera, and then I just was like in a you know uh, rabbit hole 
Definitely. trying to find anything and everything. Vortex, dude. Exactly. Yeah, just anything and everything that I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Totally, dude. I mean, Slipknot too. That 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 was my that was my turning point too. And I was in '84, so I was just a little bit older than you. But I mean, 10, 11 years old to catch Slipknot, where you're prepubescent and you're ready to start leaking testosterone out of every pore of your body. <laughs> dude, Slipknot's and script, I. Dude. I didn't get to see them until probably 20 or 2000, I want to say 13 or 14. I think it was 2014, almost 2015. And I was like, I would have like, you know, shit my pants if I would have gotten to see this maybe like 10 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. like this would have been the, the really defining moment, but like, it's still a great show. It just, you know, like it would have had more of an impact on me back then too. Yeah. I got to oh, see definitely. him in the the heat of it for me, so it's like it was oh, one of those man. "you're at church" moments type. But yeah, I, yeah, I've seen him after that too, and I know what you're saying. Like it's nostalgia, but at the same time, like your tastes have changed and how it hits you then versus now and all that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, so fun. I, so fun. Me and Joel were yeah. drunk as fuck. We were jumping up and down, running into each other at. <laughs> fucking shoreline in the yeah track. yeah it's like Still you know having that moment we went to mayhem to see like the bands like you guys and stuff like that and it's like well slip the knots fucking headlining so we're gonna watch that and yeah. be nostalgic for a second and hopefully they play some songs that uh bring me I mean, back a little bit there but, yeah, were remember... times where two of us as teenagers were coming out of our adult selves for sure no totally no i mean um, that was that was definitely the the one that was like kind of was the i don't know the fucking popular one that kind of took us from going like okay kind of like the newer metal stuff to like faster stuff like double bass and blast beats so it was like kind of the one that like for it was catchy enough to be age. on the radio but it was yeah, enough yeah. of a, a a shepherd into the extreme yep, you know definitely definitely i was gonna say because it every like step or progression i had like into heavier and heavier heavier uh metal was like uh, I wasn't sure, you know, if I liked it and, uh, I don't know what it is, but like almost every fucking thing, uh, music wise that I like hated at one point, I ended up like loving it. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really sure about like Slipknot at first. And I was kind of like, this is fucking weird. It's like, I don't know. They have a bunch of noisy aspects to things and, and a bunch of like weird samples and, and all this other shit. But like, I knew that it was kind of the direction that I wanted to be going. And I just had to kind of like you know get past i guess like the insane imagery and like lyrics and and all this other stuff and uh um yeah it was it was the most accessible shit because i didn't have any friends who were like yo suffocation is the shit you know like especially <laughs> back in middle school like right, i, I right. feel like like slipknot was kind of that like more bouncy sort of like you said radio accessible kind of like bridge to what heavier stuff would be totally dude and and us being older now looking back on that with being how we were judged at that time of what type of music we listened to and all that but really it's like it's it's exactly what got you here so it doesn't really matter back then right you know yeah and and i had one other point on that but i forgot now keep going sorry dude <laughs> i'm no, this I mean, early just... i'm already fucking losing my thoughts dude god damn it um yeah no it's just more or less that you know it's like yeah you're right we we did get here i think like sometimes um i'm a little bummed at what i didn't uh 
get into early on. And, you know, there's no guarantee that even if I had heard some of the things that were around back then that was like first coming out, that it would have had the same sort of impact on me. But when I hear anything like musically that came out in the late nineties or early thousands or something like that. And I'm like, dude, that was when I was getting into music. And that was when, you know, like this was blowing up, you know, like, I, I guess mm -hmm. like one example is like fucking Jane Doe. I think Jane Doe came out, um, 2001 from converge, converge and, yep. uh, dude, yeah, I mean, like, amazing. obviously I think I had to take the steps through all the other stuff that I was listening to, mm -hmm. to get to that appreciation. Cause when I first heard like, you fail me, I wasn't really sure if I was into it. And then it grew on me and I was like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. And then I heard Jane Doe and this is probably like 2005, 2006, something like that. And, yeah. uh, yeah, but it's, it's just hard to believe that some of that stuff was happening way back at those early times. And you're just like, fuck man, if I could have only actually been like aware of this to appreciate it you know if i could have you just made me remember what i was going to say is that you you came across slipknot on your own you didn't have somebody feeding you it so it's like people should actually thank slipknot for giving black dahlia their current drummer right now because they <laughs> you, you found slipknot and that was your bridge into the extreme shit you know and you yeah maybe you would have gotten there in some other fashion but like that's that's alan cassidy's version of it you know what you said is like perfect alan that's like uh exactly how it went for me like i had a suffocation tape when i was a kid i had campbell corp stuff when i was younger but i just had it just to kind of be like well, this is gnarly dude i got i'm trying it was like a one-upper thing that i had that i didn't actually couldn't really like put my brain around you know and something like a a slipknot or something like that kind of like kind of like eased me into it that i kept pushing the envelope till that music was like okay well i get it i get that now you know what i mean but it, i wasn't like first time i heard suffocation i was like probably like or like that was like the first tape i ever got of death metal i was probably laughing at the vocals like i was probably like what the fuck is the vocals what's going on with this you know like not understanding it and then it just became like okay now you get it with these other bands they start to do it slower and slower and slower and then like you know subnot has like the kind of catchier clean stuff in the middle of it to kind of like ease you in a little bit then and then next thing you know, you're like, you want people like, you know, farting into a mic, you know, so like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's totally it. And, um, uh, what was it like? Um, I, I'm going to lose my train of thought now. Fuck. Um, but do it. Yeah. I mean, like it, it basically <laughs> was just, or I, I wish I could go back and kind of like get in that mindset again and hear metal for the first time. Cause it's almost like, smoking weed for your first couple times where you're like i am in fucking outer space i'm in another dimension on another planet in a different time and like my thoughts are not my own i don't know where this shit is coming from and like hearing metal is just like yeah being on a on an alien planet where you're just kind of like this is this is just like the That's rape it. torture kill planet and like <laughs> How did I get here? Am I supposed to be there? Am I supposed to like this? Like, yeah, that's you a know, good comparison, then... dude. That, <laughs> that really does make sense, kind of. It's like psychedelic or something. It's like, such Whoa. a big deal, like you're saying. Yeah, you're first, like, you're like, what the fuck? Freaked yeah. out by it, kind of, you know. Exactly. I just want to yeah. say real quick, you brought up Jane Doe, man. I saw Converge, like, my friends brought me to that, like, in high school or whatever it was. It was, like, 99, 2000. I saw them play that. And they, fuck. It was, so I'm a huge fan of Converge. They're fucking sick as fuck. 
Yeah. I'm glad you survived the uh, the dog pile because I imagine yeah. that entire room for the for the sing along choruses were just like yeah. it was one gigantic human dog pile. <laughs> totally, dude. Oh, yeah, dude, singing so, from the rafters and shit. Oh yeah, that, that singer. That yeah, they were so it. aggressive live. Like it's like almost like it was like them and Dillinger. I was like, what the fuck is? Yeah. Like, I was a kid. I got Dillinger as a kid too. I got it when like '99. My brother gave me. Um, fucking, I can't think of anything right now. The the big one, the first one. Though it's got forty groups of burn on it. Gears on it and shit. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Calculating. Calculating. Yeah. Calculating infinity. Yeah. And my brain was just like, okay, well, this is just the craziest thing, I guess, that they're trying. You know, it's like trying to give you like the most crazy onslaught of of like dissonant chords and just like insane drums at once. But like they would do it live and they would like be mer like they're use their, you know, instruments as weapons while they're doing that too. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck is going on here? It was, that, you know. I was going to say, that's another thing is, is uh, I, I like that the nineties, the late nineties and early thousands or even the nineties as a whole was such a fucking like, let's just experiment with shit, you know, like let's just combine a million things. Let's just go nuts and, and uh, see what happens. And, um, you know, and then I feel like the resurgence of metal kind of rode out what the nineties was where all of a sudden you started hearing crazy ass bands like Dillinger escape plan. And then I remember the first time that my friends showed me fucking, uh, Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza and fucking uh, daughters and um, uh, you know, like see next Tuesday and shit like that. And I was just like, what is this? This is like another level of metal that is just, or extreme music that I'm like, I don't even know how to like wrap my brain around this because everything up until this point has been really heavy riffs and, you know, stuff that you can follow, but it might be a little like, you know, aggressive from what you're used to. But this is like an entirely different way of thinking about music. You know, like riffs are just noise. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do we, do we bring up, uh, sorry, fourth wall. I, I had to go say hi to the kids. Um, well, your so, mic got so loud. <laughs> did I really? How did I, I get loud? So, hey, did we bring up the... Uh, did Was I, up the, did uh, I get too close? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, I heard Daughters and Tap Dance. Uh, Tony Tap Dance. Daughters Tap Dancing. Yeah. Daughters Tap Dancing. No, but yeah, yeah. like Black Market Activities, like a lot of those bands were... It's like this weird, like dissonant tech metal metal core-ish style that you're talking about right like ion dissonance and like all these yeah. weird 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 styles of playing like that came out of that converge stuff that you were bringing up earlier like that was like a natural progression from that stuff i think yeah Sick, and and there was a lot of like insane technical shit that it just came out around that time that it was it was mind-blowing to listen to it and when i was just really like you know, playing in my first local band and stuff and thinking about like, I mean, like thinking about drums at that level of like writing music and, and listening to that type of stuff. And especially like, you know, Beneath the Massacre, it was oh, like, yeah. mm -hmm. holy fuck. First of all, this guy can play that fast. And second of all, like, what the fuck is this structure? And how does all this, the math, like, how yeah. do you follow this? Yeah, yeah. Because like, Meshuggah was something that after, you know, a hundred listens, you were like, okay, I have like a, general idea of what this chorus sounds like but i couldn't get from you know the start to finish with hitting every single part i just know certain chunks of it and to have an album that's like played at a thousand miles an hour you know plus it's it's like mashuga technical i was just like 
okay, so this is this is what music is now. Like this is where we're going, and and thank yeah. God we're not living in you know tech death hell future. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, dude, I remember yeah, that, that was like a big deal. Yeah. No, when that, that demo came out, me and Casey yeah. we were like living in the same house, and someone brought over that between deal, the masker, uh, or beneath the masker, Jesus. Oh, that, um, yeah, that we, they brought that demo over. It was like a four-song yeah. demo or something, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is this is aliens playing. This is not yeah. real. Like, there's not." I'm like, "There's no way they could do this. This is like, you know, that's my first thoughts because I was like, it's so fast. The, the guitar was what I was. I mean, the drums too, yeah. but the guitar. I was like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, that, you know, that that was because we actually. We lived with Brain Drill too. Brain Drill was like living, like they were like jamming. I mean, they were in the same house, you know. Like so, they were like even. Oh. I remember like Dylan just going like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, he's yeah. like, "Holy shit, these guys are insane." And that kind of like similar structures a little bit. Dylan's more like was more death metal, but Brain um, Brain Drill uh, Beneath Maskmore is more like this is that like you said the more like uh, Mashuga structure and like more weird timings in between of it. But uh, yeah, no, that was just mind blowing to this day. That fucking demo. Yeah, but I was gonna say real fast. I remember that that era though, like in the like early two thousands, when that like dissonant, crazy shit like Dillinger and, and all that kind of shit was really popular, like super popular. You know, like Cephalic Carnage and bands were kind of doing, you know, the Red Chord and all that shit too, right? You know, and like in different and ways. You know, that was uh, yeah. it's it's funny now that like we're the the like older crowd now because yeah. uh, I I remember getting so much flack from everybody because like I was always like wanted to try out for other bands and a lot of the times like people were older and so they had like the older you know musical preferences and stuff and i remember just being caught up in the wave of like all that shit going on like all the current bands and and uh being super into that and they were like oh you like actually like this shit like i grew up on the real <laughs> stuff and it was just uh, like yeah. yeah sorry i'm fucking like you know eight years younger than you it's just like <laughs> i'm in high school and this is what everybody's listening to around me and i don't have i'm also in wyoming so like any metal is like that's getting to my ears is cool like i can't believe i heard at the gates that was fucking great i found them on oh, accident yeah, when yeah. i was like looking for uh you know more shit that sounded like uh uh darkest hour and like himza and dahlia and shit like that so yeah that was that was definitely a good find but i was isolated man you know it was like whatever i could find i could find and uh whatever people were bringing me was just i was trying to absorb as much as i could because i just was so enamored with the fact that like uh there was all this different stuff and there was all this like off the wall shit that i just never heard before and was really like you know it, it was uh enticing Totally, dude. It, it that's what keeps us continuing down the rabbit hole, though. You know, you gotta continue. You yeah, find man. these new like milestones of music, and you just get to the point where now you're just like, oh shit, dude! I have a vast collection of music that I can say that I love. You know, I had a band at that yeah. time that was all inspired by that style called Girth Porco. Yeah, like, dude. Just the weirdest <laughs> shit like that, like. It was fun though, but it was like so technical. We had this, we had two singers, and one guy would just scream, and the other guy would kind of growl, and it just made no sense. Like, <laughs> I remember that, dude. You guys had some yeah, recordings, right? Somewhere, yeah. Anyways, that was funny. But, Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the Girth Porco. That's a dope name too, by the way. Yeah, we need to say Grand Hello Weeds. 
<laughs> I can yes. imagine exactly what you guys sound like just from that name. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's totally, right? fucking, yeah. <laughs> totally like I, I'm not going to follow it for one second, but I'm going to be like, that's that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like it's definitely like a slam band with gurgling. If I, if I like nowadays, yeah. that's what I would I would think of it. Yeah, like drop today. It's like the metal version of shrieking. Like it's just constantly. <laughs> I think the vocal shriek, the guitar shriek. You know, it's just like that's cool. It's just yeah. a big old shriek. Yeah, I mean, we we did it weird. Like some bands do it really sick. Like, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, what is it about bands that uh like are unpleasant to listen to, but you still it's like an acquired taste type deal. Like it's it's an audio assault, yet you can't stop listening. I, that oh, was a question, big... guys. That's like Orthrealm. You hit the fucking nail on the head right there, dude. That's exactly a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like, I love listening to Orthrealm, but it's not pleasant to listen to. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like you can't get comfortable, but you can't turn it off. <laughs> well, there'd be, I remember there's an Orthrealm song that literally was like one note. So, for like, I swear to God, for probably 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe even longer. Yeah, it might have been forty minutes. And they're, no, and they're, you're probably right. And they're just all, and they're like, burr, burr, and going to the shit. Like after like forty minutes, you're like, what the fuck? Like Jesus, your brain's like on like ah, ah but you're just I, you're like still listening to it. Everything, like I said, that I ever hated, I ended up loving, and it was like just about anything that was like you're saying. It was just super unpleasant and difficult to listen to. I was like, yeah, how the fuck could anybody ever listen to this? This is so fucking stupid. And then like a year later, I'm like. Actually, I guess after like, you know, 12, 15 listens, this is kind of cool. And I, I like, I don't know if you guys remember that band fucking Cloacal Kiss. Uh, they're from familiar. like, they were, they were like a crazy ass vocalist with like super distortion on his vocals. I don't think he was like necessarily great at all, but it was just uh, weirdo tech death riffs written in E standard with a drum machine. While he had distortion over his vocals, and he just, if he didn't have distortion, you could hear him just being like, That's what the noise you have to make, then you get frozen. Oh, oh, fuck, on, on, on my, look at that. Oh, man. I love that, dude. I think he's having. You know, <laughs> Let's just leave it on this thrust. Oh, so uh, oh no, you're, Alan, you're gonna love watching this one. How dude. did you hold that face so perfectly for that long? How did you do that? You're making that. <laughs> oh man, that was nah, good. dude. But that's for real. It's like everybody's trying to take chances with so many different things, dude, and and throwing crazy. Just, I mean, that's not anything new, like pitch shifting vocals and gore grind and all that shit, like changing the yeah, vocal, you know. I put that in the same category as that. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I just, I think what it was about a lot of the things that I hated was just, it's like, I don't know how to wrap my mind around this, but also then I guess like what made me come around to it was I was like, I've never heard anything like this before, you know? So it's kind of like at first it's abrasive and it's very, you know, like how the hell do you actually like, warm up to this in some way because it's as if um you're like jerking off with sandpaper and the and somebody's like no the longer you do it the better it gets and you're like yeah right are you kidding me and then all of a sudden you're like i guess i could see its merits you know like 
but uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just I liked that. I liked that idea of just of you know these things that were so foreign to my understanding of like what like modern metal was. I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, are you into like John Zorn and anything crazy like that, like the avant-garde realm? Um, I don't know about John Zorn, but I am into a lot of avant-garde weird stuff. Like, uh, one of my favorite bands is, um, this band called Virus. Uh, oh, hell their, yeah, dude. Like, guitar player is, uh, his name is the drummer Michael Carl Hyde, and he and has day. played. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he's been in a massive a amount of projects, dude, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I found out about them back in I want to say 2013, and ever since then I was just absolutely hooked. I was like, dude, this is the weirdest. Like, I mean, and his vocal style is absolutely gonna make or break for most people, but like for some reason, uh, I think I would be mostly a, a harsh critic of like what goofy or different vocals would be. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just hit me the right way. And I love the riffs. I love just like the weird kind of like all over the place, like it's ideas like, it's, and dissonance. It's like and Prague. Well, I shouldn't say Prague. I, I, it's like weird rock played, or no, it's black metal played through a filter of like alt weird rock. Because if you exactly. listen to it, yeah, the the like the the foundation of the song it gives you those same eerie aspects of listening to black metal but it's through this like weird rock filter with like crooning style vocals so you you, you're you're left confused yet intrigued and there's also some very catchy and very technical stuff happening if you actually like sit and pay attention and I I got into yeah. virus because of bed bed Buenos Aires and then into that that was knowing like he I, the story is is that he was if you guys go back he he's known as what was his name Carl what's his full name again Michael Carl Ide Michael Carl Ide he's known he's got various aliases he's played in a ton of the Norwegian black metal bands he played on Ulver's demo uh, Dode Hinsgard uh, however the fuck you say that satiricon he was on one of their albums and then he's a bass player in uh r noir right now r noir and he was the drummer back in the day and the reason why he's playing strings now is because he fell out of off of a balcony fell a couple of stories and and broke some shit below the belt and now he can't play drums anymore so supposedly took acid and jumped out the window. Mm, yep, that's what well, I that's, heard. So <laughs> yeah, see, the, but those are those he said she said stories of you know those always come up with the black metal bands too. They want to have like a little more like right right on the story. So it ends or it's also the game of telephone, you know. But either way, if that's true, that's true. It fucking happens. But either way, he just lost very viable, like valuable aspect of his career during during that acid trip then, you know? And I was gonna he, say his his drumming on Vedwen's end is like so fucking inventive with like he throws in cymbal chokes in places and rhythmically in ways that I would have never thought. 
I don't see anybody else playing. Like his right hand is something that is different from any other drummer I've heard. And um, yeah, it's very, very standout. It's very, very unique. Um, I, I followed him deep into his rabbit hole and checked out a bunch of different stuff that he did. And his flair is on pretty much everything he plays. He's got a brilliant mind for writing music. If you listen to Virus, that's basically born out of his brain. And it just losing those legs, dude. I mean, the last, I think maybe his last performance on record, if you guys want to really hear what this guy was all about before he couldn't play drums anymore, it was a super villain outcast by Dodd Hemsgard, or I can't fucking say that name. Even uh, Jason uh, from Warforged, he, or I think he corrected me. Somebody corrected me on that, and then I lost it again in the ether. So I still say Dodd Hemsgard. Hey, we're American. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Either way, but they're, they're a sick-ass band, also avant-garde with the black metal shit, but his drumming on Supervillain Outcast is like, oh, dude, this is, got, this is why or what every black metal drummer should aspire to be because he could do it all and give it his own unique spin on it. Right. And, and another thing, like, just kind of in... Uh, the direction that we were talking about with like avant-garde stuff. Uh, I was going to say that like um, I consider myself more of like a death metal fan um, and maybe some like, you know, post-rock noise rock stuff. Like I'm really into that type of shit, but I will say that a lot of the black metal stuff that I've heard is probably the most like experimental and the most um, genre like, uh defying most of the time like there's a lot of bands that really decide to go in different directions with stuff with black metal and it might just be because it sort of is like pigeonholed to be like well you got to sound like this this fucking super shitty production with like super simplistic riffs and stuff but there are so many subgenres i mean you got like enslaved that has such a fucking awesome melodic sound and you've got stuff that Eson has done and you've got um trying to think of uh you got like Zaster who's just like mm -hmm. you know that necro sound but he does like all sorts of fucking weird stuff too and um it it goes all over my, the place and like there's my just take, always something to listen to I was going to say my take on black metal is this dude it all it always from the beginning was to you know, maybe if this is an ego thing or whatever, it's, they wanted to create a different sound from everything that was happening. So the early black metal shit that was sounding shitty and tinny and terrible, it was that on purpose because everything else was so overproduced in their eyes, not in mine. I'm just saying that's what they believed is it was all overproduced. And so they're going to rebel and do something different. Well, then that becomes a trend. So then everybody starts to copycat that. And then the, the true believers of the black metal mentality are like, well, fuck black metal. I'm going to start moving into these other realms where I can expand and feel like I'm doing like pushing the boundaries, like we were trying to do in the first place. But really it's, it's, it's still just like, taking from everything dude and one thing that kind of bummed me out though a little sorry to cut you off one, one no, thing that kind of bummed me out a little bit was the uh the movie with the Macaul macaulay culkin's brother that uh oh lords of uh, chaos lords of, based off the book obviously 
Um, but then the beginning, finding out just like, like they start off like, oh, my parents are so rich. This sucks. You know, like I almost <laughs> wanted to like, I almost wanted to like turn it off like right there. I'm like, okay, that's, I thought it was going to be like a, a struggle that they came from and like something that was like, I mean, which I guess you could find a struggle there somewhere where you're handed everything. But I was like really turned off immediately by that. I was like, well, you guys were, you're, all your dads are lawyers and now you guys are putting face paint on and like screaming at me. Like, what the fuck? Like I got like, <laughs> I got a little like, it just kind of ruined the story of mayhem for me a little bit but um but no there's there's definitely like what uh i mean there's like dim you actually you wouldn't even really call that i mean i guess you can call it black metal but pure you know that first, stuff like that. that first album uh for all tid that was touching on you know what was really happening in norway at the time but then after that you can't really call it black metal dude there's yeah. like I can't really call anything black metal because I'm and that sounds like the elitist, but it's like if you really go deep and figure out what like their their goal was, like yeah, that was black metal, and then everything else after that was what people took and turned it into, you know. I think and, that no one should be like no one should be attached to a fucking label, you know, because I think like it ends up becoming this game of like we are progressing the genre the most and we are the fucking like you know dudes that are doing it the best and the most truest and blah 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 and you know i i think like music as a whole and metal as a whole should just be an artistic expression it should really just be like i mean and that was kind of what i was trying to get at was just black metal has become like you said it's it's some kind of like they're trying to uh, be the most original, like, uh, you know, and not copy anybody else and be the most different from anything else. And, uh, but it's almost to a comical length sometimes where mm -hmm. it's like, you've got that Take album where like in the middle of it, he's got a fucking banjo solo, you know? And it's like, <laughs> and that doesn't really, the first time I heard that I cracked the fuck up while I was like hearing it. But I was also like, dude, this is so cool. This is like, yeah, nobody's yeah. done this yet or at least what i've heard and i totally didn't expect that that was out of left field entirely but the rest of the album is so great and it feels like solid it doesn't feel like it's it's trying too hard it really just feels like hey man i'm expressing myself musically and i'm just adding voices that like nobody else had and i think that, that should be the ultimate goal is just be fucking original or write good fucking music in the style of something you know and just don't mm -hmm. be like trying too hard to impress everyone of that genre or of uh a certain you know fan base or whatever it's like music is for you and i i feel like maybe black metal is is like the the don't give a fuck aspect of it kind of helps it a lot by just being like hey uh we are gonna just basically write what the fuck we feel like writing and yeah. if you like that great and if you don't it's a fine line though because it's like sometimes people will think it's silly and other people will think it's like oh that's so you know like progressive and it, it made everything sound good but it just depends i guess like 
who's listening and who gives a shit, you know? Well, it's a vast majority. Uh, I mean, not vast majority, but the spectrum of humans, dude. There are the people who are like that. And then there's other people that are just doing it straight to feed their ego the whole time to be able to say, yo, I fucking did that, you know, and, and people fishing for that constantly, too. But really what you said for it's this is my I agree with it's for you as an artist first, which is also an ego thing. But really, it's not. It's like just to if, if I'm going to call myself a creator, I want to be happy with my product that I put out into the world. So yeah. I need to be happy with it first or at least to a point where I'm like, OK, I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm done. Like I can let that one go. And then it just goes and swims off into the ocean and fucking. Well, know. it almost has like, I mean, because you, you say black metal and pe some people are thinking emperor and some people are thinking Burzum. So it's like, it's kind of like a, you can almost label it as almost like a progressive style of music in some way. A lot like progressive could throw a fucking, you know, didgeridoo in there and then they'll throw like a fucking all this different shit in there. And, and it's still progressive metal in the in the in the end but it's, well, it's still macro like, it's macro and it's micro meaning that it within the genre of those that first wave like they were all doing their own thing so there is the emperor there is the birdsome there is the mayhem and all those bands sound totally unique from each other yeah i guess it wraps it back to alan's original point just like yeah. do something that sounds different but it's kind of got the same a little bit the same flavor but doing something completely different so that makes sense yeah and and i would say too you know it's like yeah i'm obviously not talking about the strict definition of like what was first yeah i guess first totally. wave black metal you know like early early like uh emperor and all that shit it's it's like i guess this would be modern black metal as what we know it as for the last you know 10 to 15 to maybe even 20 years um i also you know might be blasphemous but like i like that fucking uh emperor album that's really proggy uh i think it's called oh jesus it's uh or at least it has that song gray on it and that was kind of okay. like the first that like uh i think Eson was really like showing his Eson type of like songwriting on stuff and um i like prometheus yeah prometheus that was it yeah 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 that album to me it was just because the production got a little bit better it was like clearer ideas i mean sonically but also just uh it was weird shit you know it was really out there for me and i was like this is what i'm about i mean i really love uh i think after is like one of the fucking sickest albums I, uh that i've heard like prog metal wise black metal wise um just he is an incredible songwriter and uh, oh, drums on that album, by the way. Uh, I want to say oh, that yeah. the trim, trim. Uh, well, I think the Not drummer is from Borknagar. Uh, oh, and, that's right. Um, okay. Yeah, and and I've been wanting to check him out. Uh, I I just always am like I'm gonna listen to whatever this guy was on, but I don't think he has like a big fucking catalog that he was on. But that guy, he shredded the fuck out of that uh, after album and. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. So so my whole point is just basically like black metal just has this um, this ability or this like idea to try and get away from what's already been done. But I do like the other stuff that's really well written in that style where like 
Craft. Craft is a fucking phenomenally awesome heavy black metal band that's just scary as fuck and kind of like stays true to the roots of what black metal is where it's very like aggressive and it's raw and it, it sounds kind of a uh, punkish in a way um and uh you know and they've got scary fucking song names and album names like total soul rape and uh fuck the universe and like it's uh it's definitely you know like a mosh fest and, and it's it's uh it's cool to listen to and it, it gets that aggressive vibe across but i like um a lot of the black metal stuff too because it also takes you on a journey and it like you know, builds a whole uh, sonic world out of an al album for you. And uh, um, you just follow it through this like 48 minute, you know, uh, odyssey. And um, yeah, it's, it's just like, I think that that kind of shit is cool because you don't know where it's going to take you. And hopefully it's going to be original and something cool and someplace that you've never really been before. And you're like excited to to ride this journey out, you know? Yeah. There's the crossover too of uh to go back onto the metalcore, there's like the black gaze uh subgenre now where it's like shoegaze mixed with black metal, and there's like these epic melodic, like oh you would hear it in like a metalcore band, but it's it's in the middle of this band that's also posing as a black metal band. They're starting with blast beat, split blast and crazy melodic black metal shearing riffs and then they'll go into one of those catchy you know it, it, so it's like these blending of of like well, i'm trying to think of the there's a san francisco band bosse de nage or some shit they're fucking pretty dope dude and they take they take those two genres and mix them well and like when i was explaining everything earlier like you were saying you like to hear the the good versions of albums played in those styles like i totally accept that as well dude if like somebody comes like dimu comes out with a sick album i'm gonna be stoked on it you know like i'm not like one of the actual elitists that says oh no only the black metal from 90 whatever yeah. to whatever in norway that's the only real black metal no it's just come it's on funny. guys i got too much i, I don't have enough energy <laughs> it's funny how it's so that. it's funny how it's so regional too like you're like Oh, Norwegian black metal, like oh Swedish, <laughs> or like oh Finnish, like no way, you know. And I mean, metal's like, a little and, similar too. Yeah, no, I know. And I was gonna say it's kind of funny how like black metal kind of always seems to come, you know, like from like those like cold countries up north and all this kind of stuff. And then, uh, but it's like funny how death metal, like it's like yeah, dude, Florida palm trees, like that's just death metal country. And then like San Diego, I there's a ton of death metal down here, L.A., you know, and all over, of course, all over California and all over the place. But it's like it's just funny. It's like. Just, yeah, dude, you know, so we make a joke with that with the Cali death thing and all that. But it's like, dude, what if like black metal just got huge, like in it's like surfer black metal dudes, like those memes where you got like the black metal guy <laughs> surfing and shit, like, like made it this whole like scene, like, you know, like the I think it probably started from like what the, I said last Florida time, like black metal scene or something. It's like the lack of vitamin D and stuff. It's like the lack yeah. of it's like clouds all the time where they're from. It's like <laughs> they dark get too and, tan like, and then they like um, stop. A yeah, mayhem yeah. wetsuit. <laughs> like, bro, all this vitamin D has actually cured my depression, and I just can't write anymore. No, but like, I was going to say, I think that uh, Leviathan, uh, Chicago black metal band, uh, has some like surfer-esque, like, you know, kind of uh, like clean stuff on guitar, and I think there's a lot of like bendy sort of uh, whammy shit, and um 
I was gonna say a, a, a couple of other bands. Fucking um, oh damn it! What was it? I, I think it's Oathbreaker. Um, I can't remember if that's the album. I I hope I'm not confusing. Uh, yeah, I gotta type this in. Yeah, Oathbreaker. They had a fucking album, and it was uh, Eros and Teros uh, from 2013, and that was like more their sort of like hardcore answer to or had like a blackened aspect. And then you've got like uh, you've got American like, band. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they were a lot more like modern kind of like hardcore or post-hardcore and then you've got bands like fucking Anonath Rock that are very like death metal black and uh stuff and then you've got uh my band uh that I'm in called uh Sludge um they have a big fucking like kind of uh black metal influence stuff where it's it's very proggy but it's very like death metal influence with uh uh black metal you know uh feels to everything and mm-hmm. um I, you know and and some people might get a little upset about like oh the blending just gets like too fucking ridiculous like you get to a point where it's not even just it's just bastardized you know black metal or whatever but i feel like black metal itself is is a genre that grows all the fucking time and it always yeah. is like changing and transforming and i like that i like that they it's a this boundary my- pushing thing you know, this is a perfect. I was just thinking this in my head, and it totally makes sense, dude. Like, we are we're Americans in America, so if we're gonna play black metal, it's not gonna be like these ancient civilization countries that it came from, like Norway. They got the the old school mythos, and and it goes back thousands of years. There's the evil that they go off of, and all that. But what's the evil in America? It's like we're only. How many hundreds of years old? Like the evil in America's corporation. So it's like, all right, dude, you get a band like Imperial Triumphant, who is literally, like, if you read their lyrics, they are taking the stance of being the evil in America, which is luxury and greed and all this kind of shit. And you're just like, oh, I do like them too because they're very fucking scary, like melodically. (laughs) Straight up, dude. If I, I was just listening to them today again, and I'm just like, this band it blows me away and it's like an emotion that it gives you it's a feeling that they also give you with the music and like when you're listening to a song by them uh atomic age check that out you you feel what it's like right before an like an atom bomb terrifying it's fucking (laughs) terrifying and through the music you know when the bomb blasts they're making you know during the song Here's the lead up to the explosion. Here's the explosion. And here's the aftermath of the explosion. And you're just like, dude, I fucking went through like 17 roller coasters of emotions during this seven minute song because they know how to fucking get to my my deep like fears and core of core of myself dude i'm just like fuck dude. yeah I'm driving to work right now like, i was a not- shadow i was a shadow and then i'm also like <laughs> experiencing myself outside of the shadow finally you know like i mm-hmm. i went through the whole album and like i basically went from i'm gonna get the bomb dropped onto me to oops i am just being blown away to like now i'm just a third party that's like floating above my body <laughs> and the bomb dropped in the song theoretically or not theoretically uh metaphorically it dropped in the song right when i was driving by a veteran's cemetery and i'm just like dude this is all fucking crazy i'm starting my day like high driving to work like (laughs) oh dude 
wait, no, I don't get high before work. What am I talking about, guys? <laughs> never, <laughs> never, never, never. Why would you do that? You can never work as well. I got imperial <laughs> blowing He's my a professional. I'm and I see all these like I'm a total professional. I never do that stuff. <laughs> Just corpses on the left side of me. I drive by it. There's military like vehicles and shit on the right side of me. I'm like, I'm driving through like what could have been in that fucking war. Cause it's like the, the it's owned by some dude who probably just like uh, collects a bunch of army vehicles. Cause I don't see why they would just be storing current army vehicles just out in the open driving to my work in South city, you know? So it's gotta be owned by somebody who just has like a big collection of old vehicles. Maybe one of those were in fucking world war two, dude. Is this the yeah. 280 or the 380 or something? Uh, it's Sneath Lane going to El Camino from uh, 35. Boom. Okay. I thought I had maybe seen it once. I bet but... you Murray is like trying to send us machetes from Australia right now to get us fucking cut out of these weeds that we got into. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jedi Grind. I didn't mean to uh, hijack the conversation for Black Metal. Like no, I dude. said, I'm a death metal guy. I didn't want to fucking talk about Black Metal, but you all I could do was just be it. like... Dude, I well, love talking I just, about this, too. It's all Anthony. That's, I was going to say, uh, bottom line, Black Metal is the vessel, I think, of progression in my eyes. There's a lot of death metal, but I just don't feel like it has either the fan base or the bands or the, like both and the fucking vision to drive that shit to a different level continuously where it's like hey dude so okay maybe good example is fucking blood incantation because blood incantation like they came out and they were doing you know one style or one sound of kind of like death metal and they kind of changed it up a little bit for um god what was that album the uh one that just came out before the ambient one um hidden history hidden history like i really enjoyed that fucking love the production on that by the way because like i am all the way behind uh raw production for like most aggressive music like i think raw production just solidifies like aggressive music and i don't think that really good produced shit ever fucking comes out sounding aggressive it just sounds neutered sounds fucking like Oh, good. You took every single aspect of it and the heavy guitars and the errors and the fucking like noise behind it. And you put a noise gate on it and then you've like chopped out every fucking thing that could like make it sound like a live sort of pissed idea. And and now it's it's really just everything's audible. But yeah, I guess Blood Incantation would be the idea of a death metal band, but I don't think that everybody wants to follow Blood Incantation on that journey of like, we did death metal, we did another album that was a little bit like more, you know, proggy, like a little bit more refined or whatever, and now we're doing an ambient thing. And it's like, cool, you're pushing the boundaries, it's just, I don't know if people want that. And maybe mm -hmm. black metal is just a little bit more of an open genre where it's sort of like, it's artsy, it's dark, it's sort of like, focused on the vibe you know it's it's yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. what you create with your music versus like the content and the like i don't know just just the aggressive like and and i guess like 
pure kind of musical content. You know, like it's there's a lot of bands, like I said, that have a vibe like Sun. So I mean, Sun's not necessarily black metal, but they can get away with like, you know, forever. (laughs) And like and a bunch of noises, a bunch of like samples and shit like that. And you're okay with that. But death metal, you're expecting a lot of blast beats, a lot of fucking like riffs, a lot of ideas. And it just, it's like, that's exhausting. That's also very like, you're going to have to deliver at a certain level all the time or like at a certain sort of like idea, I guess. What was that band, Joel, that you uh, recently showed me that mixes like the death core with black metal? What was it called? Oh, I mean, it's you got it's Lorna Shore, probably. What you're thinking of? I just probably sent yeah. you that. Yeah, I was thinking old, Shore or something. Yeah, it's it's got the it's got that Dimmu vibe with like deathcore kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. It kind of maybe building is like the 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 blackened thing is now the deathcore, and like all the death metal is going like old school. So it's like deathcore is like the ones pushing in the metal in the death metal world pushing the the oh, black yeah. metal thing. And like the hardcore black metal, metal guys. Shut Jesus the fuck Christ. up, Murray. Come on, dude. <laughs> Sorry. That was all a warm up. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's, yeah. Now, nowadays, it's the deathcore kids that are like infusing the blackened stuff into the death metal. And the actual death metal guys are like OSDM kind of thing. And so, that's, I don't that's know. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. Bro, I mean, I don't want to get a bunch of fucking rehashed black metal in my death metal, but I also don't want to get a bunch of, um, what was the thing that you just mentioned? Like OSDM, the old school death metal. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get a bunch of fucking old school death metal either. Like I really just want a good fucking brutal death metal album where like shit is well-written. There's fucking hooky, you know, guitar riffs and stuff like that, and it grabs you, and when you're done listening to the album, you're like, track three, dude, I got that riff stuck in my head, you know? Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. just all like, it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a time and a place for that, and I can get behind certain bands like that, but I need to have some sort of, like, anchor, you know, something to dig my fucking ear hands into where i'm like okay cool this is rhythmically and melodically super fucking awesome and the more heavy the better but it doesn't necessarily need to be the most brutal thing in the world it's just i like just imagined you with ear hands dude yeah <laughs> i'm just <imagining laughs> ear hands now <laughs> one of my favorite descriptions uh, wanna... ever i was actually on tour with uh, black dahlia and trevor was uh um, in black, uh, I'm sorry, Brain Drill had just got signed to Metal Blade. So, like, our roommates, you know, just got signed to Metal Blade. And it's like a big, you know, I'm like, fuck yeah, we're all stoked. And he's all, dude, I fucking just love how it's like a fucking machine gun shooting a turkey, dude. It's just all like that. It is. Dude, there's plenty of that. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I just also yeah. want, like, something that I can walk away with that is ingrained in my head and it's not like I, I it's not like i'm listening to fucking beneath the massacre when i'm 14 for the first time and being like i don't really know what i just heard but it was something and it was definitely like you know brutal i guess but it was so brutal that it just assaulted my brain and i'm trying to get up off the pavement and i don't really know what happened because i'm concussed 
you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's almost like going back to like when you try like, like I don't know. I'm just gonna bring it back to substances, I guess. But when you like try coffee for the first time or a beer, you're like, this sucks, but I feel sick. Like you know, like you know, it's like yeah. try, like it's like alcohol, like beer is gross. Like let's be honest. But we've learned over the over the time that like every time I do this thing, I kind of feel it feels feels fun. I'm having a great time. Yeah. And it's I've like seen Dad similar. drink mouthwash. This seems pretty bad, <laughs> but I guess he likes it. <laughs> He also Holy tells shit. me not to tell mom that he was drinking the mouthwash. But we need more. <laughs> yeah, honey, we need more mouthwash. Again. I wonder how much mouthwash you would need to get a buzz. Uh, oh, people drink it. Yeah, that's a oh, thing. Yeah, I've you seen, remember I've watching intervention. the intervention? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that lady that oh, literally wake up on and just... sunshine. <laughs> that's uh, uh, my relative produces that show, Intervention. Oh, oh shit. Sorry. Yep. Damn. Yep. <laughs> and, There's uh, some fucked up really situations, dude. He has he has two Emmys from that show. Yeah, it did very well. Oh shit. Jesus. So was he so was he on it uh, like throughout the whole thing? I don't know. I think it went for like nine or ten seasons. Do you guys remember there was an Asian girl that was con- she was she was totally addicted to fentanyl lollipops or some shit. Well, and yeah, she had, and she had like one. she would spin them in her mouth and she literally lost all the teeth on like one side of her mouth because she was just doing <gasps> the lollipop there, dude. So and, that that and, shows like good and bad. Like that show like shows like the extremes and everything, but it also like shows you like I'll, okay, well I'm not that bad, so I could just keep you know like I'll like, never I, forget I that girl, bottom. dude. I'll never forget that girl because she was one of the few that was like, oh, she was, there was no way. They were basically like, she went to a psychiatric ward after this. Like, there was no bringing her back. Well, the one that actually got me, like, into it was the Days of the New guy. Remember Days of the New, that that really popular band in the, like, 90s? The singer of that was on one of the earlier episodes, and he was on tour with Metallica when he was 16. His band was touring with Metallica when he was 16 years old, and then was he basically, like, started doing meth, and he's all... Yeah, I'm going to turn it. It's all acoustic. It's all like, you know, they got the Touch Peel Stand song and they had like a bunch of hits on the radio and stuff. They were like number one, I think, for a little while and like went to, from that to him like doing a bunch of drugs and being like, I'm going to turn this into a techno band. <laughs> and it just like, it just went like, pew. It's all bum, 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 bum. Just, like, hey, yeah, drugs. Turning your cool band into something you never wanted to do yeah. since the dawn yeah. of drugs. <laughs> Oh well, my god. I mean, dude, it yeah, it gets you, dude. Especially with like fucking the serious shit like that fentanyl. I don't want to go How down that road, but I'm just saying just like experiment no- with fentanyl. Like you're like, I got this Narcan right here next to me. So like <laughs> I like to just kind of spin the lollipop and when I start feeling a little too like I'm passed out for good, just take a little hit of the Narcan, fucking fine again. She was losing her mind Jesus. though, like her was her brother that was like ah oh, that he was he was like the main person they were talking to and i just remember he was like taking care of her basically and and like whenever she was being like confronted with any kind of bullshit she would immediately fall to the ground and like spread her legs oh, I've and be seen like that. yeah yeah no, he was like trying to pop her hip back in place and then like her her brother would be like i asked you to go get me this or whatever and she, and she just turned to him and be like you know i can't make left turns oh i forgot <laughs> jesus like, <laughs> sorry when i'm on meth i can't make left and turns I, and i'm I know always it's funny, on but it's like, fuck, she fucking got spazzed out on that dude i know i, I know the exactly that episode or the bass player of kohi didn't he like hold up a fucking 
pharmacy for what? oxycodone. Yeah, it, back in the day, Whoa. there was a there was a, probably not the current bass player now because he just oh, okay. held up a pharmacy like five within the last ten years, dude. There was a bass player of Coheed that that went to jail because he held up a pharmacy because oh, he was I think I remember reading that story addicted yeah. to pills, dude. And he was trying to get oxys. You're like, fuck, dude. That's what I thought about when you were talking about that dude in the band. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do. You could be opening for Metallica. You could be fucking this, this, and that. But it's like, if you're addicted to that. You could be that, in Metallica. I just hope that my band understands that if I do something crazy like hold up a pharmacy, it's a victimless crime, okay? Nobody got hurt. I didn't target anyone specifically. I just have a fucking problem, and we should have... Just be happy about the publicity, all right? Yeah, so there's like, got to be an insurance situation where you hit up this, the chemical supply station like, oh, dude, we got hit again. All right, we'll send you over X amount of powder because that's all it is, right? They get powders and they smash them together there, right? I mean, shit, what happened to, like, the days of goddamn Motley Crue? Like, Nikki Six is ODing in a fucking garbage can. Garbage, yeah, or, I mean, yeah. like, in a dumpster. And, and uh it's it's like I get it. He didn't rob a drugstore or something, but he definitely is like doing some harmful ass shit. And it's just like, well, I got I, guess I got the perfect perfect segue. Can I make the per- better, dude. I have the perfect I have the perf- perfect uh, fuck you, the big pharma thing fucked me up. The perfect segue of dumpsters and where we were at. So uh, Corey Taylor was uh, found. Uh, he like overdosed in a garbage can too. And we were talking about Slipknot too. <laughs> Last time we used to, with your uh, with Not your recently, uh, history. Right? Just, you, when he's a kid, when he's a little past, kid. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a kid. And basically, yeah, he was like, his, I guess his friends threw him away. They like threw, they were like, oh, he's overdosing. They just threw him in a garbage. And then he woke up. He's like, I need to leave this town forever. And that's when he went to Iowa. And that's when like, or Des Moines. And that's like when he, I watched, he was on Steve-O's podcast kind of recently talking about it. And I was like, holy Whoa. shit. And that's when went and moved in with his grandma. And then his grandma took him in. And then he met all the rest of the guys in Slipknot, made Slipknot. And then Alan came out of Slipknot because of his uh, fucking drumming and getting into metal. And that's where we were in the story. <laughs> that's not Dude, that's, where we were. I was going to say, I don't feel that. like going to, going to Des Moines is like the best thing either because it's kind of like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I live out in the middle of nowhere. Let me just go to the big city. I probably should get away from drugs. I'm just gonna go to the big city and like yeah. this shouldn't be a problem. Like, all right, cool. And then also, I met my current band. We all just like girls, and the, undoubtedly no drug problems whatsoever. You know, like and uh, and we're just gonna go from here with that. You know, like and add another five guys. So why not? But I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm. Either way, I fucking I love Slipknot. I think it's I, I think that yeah. they fucking I I would have don't do anything different. Don't get in a time machine. Don't change anything. That's how it was supposed to be. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah! So let's finally let's get out of the longest weeds probably we've ever done, and we get back to your <laughs> timeline, dude. Let's, yeah, let's... yeah. Sorry. Well, no, no it's all it good. Awesome. Did we even hit any bands yet? <laughs> before we went into the no like, we didn't we just talked about what i wish everybody else would do that's fine dude we're only an hour and ten into this dude, we, go, we go long on these it's fine we could totally you got another two hours dude. it's cool no, i'll just i'll just cut do. out i'll just cut out the first hour no hell no, no, no i'm no, just no. kidding dude i'm not no, kidding no, all the no, viewers no, right no, now it's one joke, guy was already joke. like 30 minutes of black metal cool <laughs> i know murray would want that cut out um, oh no! But yeah, no, Alan. No, so awesome. usually the next question I would go from there is like, when did you start playing music with other humans? I like to say it like that. Well, uh, I kind of already like uh, 
mentioned it before, but my dad was a guitar player. So like when I was in, uh, I mean, when I was like probably about seven, eight, nine, no, I guess it was like eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Uh, that was where I got my first drum kit. And, um, that was when I started playing with my dad who had a guitar and it was a guitar player. And like, uh, so that was kind of my first, like, Oh, and then I guess, like, I fucked around on other people's drum kits, like, when I was a kid. But it, they were very few and far between. What's the kind of stuff your dad liked to play the most? It was Eric Clapton. It was, like, oh, okay. maybe some Nirvana. Uh, Jesus Christ. He loved uh, he loved the fucking soundtrack for That Thing You Do. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the least metal thing that I can admit to. <laughs> But, dude, yeah, that right. movie was, like, big cornerstone in our house for some reason. Like, it was just – it followed that kind of Beatles, like, trajectory of, yeah, of yeah. Uh, fame and and uh, the, the music and everything, the aspect. Actually, funny thing, too, that was really weird, uh, Fountains of Wayne guy, the Stacy's mom, uh, was the guy who wrote the music for that thing you do. Uh, hmm. And he died of fucking COVID in, like – the end of 2020 or the sometime in 2021 and uh, uh yeah dude he was like you know he had a uh kind of big musical career uh in the background for a while i mean outside of like stacy's mom and uh so yeah that was like some of the shit you know and and when you got a parent you know you're not like hey can you learn the slipknot song or, or this like <laughs> yeah, like nah, and nah. i don't think he was really trying to like learn blink 182 i think maybe there was green day i think we played like when i come around and shit uh but um yeah i yeah, just was, wanted to know what your dad was into jamming out you know like yeah and and i also played with some friends of mine we did fucking system of down we did like chop suey we did a fucking yeah. um halloween uh garage uh show when i was a kid and i, I was probably about like 12 13 and we did a Chop Suey cover. We did, um, I think, Adam's song, Bleak One A2, and kind of the other stuff that I guess, like, I was influenced by from my dad, but we just kind of didn't, you know, do anything mm -hmm. with So, yeah. Sounds there's, like my high school band, band, dude. I did uh, Nirvana cover, cover, but we made, no, not Nirvana, sorry, uh, Green Day, but we made it more metal. So we, like, I would scream the choruses. <laughs> Dude, uh, covering cool. like system of a down and i think we did a kitty song and actually brought my guitar player's girlfriend up to like sing like the clean parts and i would <laughs> that's awesome parts. Yeah. yeah i was gonna say i saw of all people on that fucking uh when we were young festival kitty is on that and i was I know. sort of like dude i would love to see them again like i would never pay the whatever hundred dollars or however much it costs to get into the festival but i would love to see them yeah, Kitty hits me in the feels, dude. I, I was like, dude, a yeah. all girl band. That was like the all girl band, the most heaviest all girl band I had come across at the time. Was and they're badasses Kitty. too. Like you go to a fucking like Toronto area and stuff. I remember because the first ever show I was fourteen years old stood on stage for. I was in Ozfest and I was like, like for a fucking like website I was trying to make. Like I was like talking to fucking Roadrunner Records. They brought me backstage, put me on stage with Kitty. And I'm just like this little kid. I'm like, oh my god! Like, what was I'm that? Like, maggots, maggots.net. What would you do? What did you? Oh, do? It was sickness. sickness.net. It was sickness.net. S i c n e s s. dot net. And I was like, it was like 1998, 1999, something like that. And I was went like, on uh, that website before I met Joel. <laughs> That's insane, dude. But uh, no Mercedes sometimes still comes to our shows in uh, Canada. 
that's uh, awesome yeah 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 morgan yeah. morgan uh, actually it's funny because i posted that that flyer you're talking about and morgan from uh, the singer hit me up and she was still like yeah we're on that too we're on like uh she's on that one. Oh, no i posted a new metal one it was a new metal one where i had a bunch of new metal bands and she's all we're on both fuck <laughs> <Yeah. She's> like, <laughs> was, and i was like oh my god i was like you're not on the other one and i just saw kitty all snuck in the, the you know that first one that like I know. so weird but like it, i'm down i mean i hope it works I hope that they uh, get the audience, or I hope that they get like the the nostalgia crowd that you know would like that because mm -hmm. I want to be there. I just don't give a shit about the rest of it, you know. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I forget there was maybe it was one band I wanted to see besides them. I was like, I don't know. There was just so many bands. I was like, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I was like, oh, it's a meme or something because there's so many bands. I'm like, they're not all getting back together or something for this festival. Like, there's no way. But <laughs> this is a meme. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a meme. There's it's a like, one, oh, there's one guy out there though that didn't make sickness sickness.net. He wish he did, and now he's finally putting the festival together, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> no, but no, Morgan, shout out to Morgan. She's fucking like literally just they Kitty came to a show, it was like all show pair. It was a summer slaughter and us and uh I forget. Why don't uh, you try else? and get Morgan on the show, dude? I definitely can. No, I didn't even think Let's about do that. Do it, shit. dude. I'm, I'm down. down. I'm very serious about that. No, I'm super down. I'm super down. She, but right. she took us out to I'll went drinking that. with us, and she was like fucking. She was just a badass chick, just like we need like more Umber female Lake. guests, anyways, dude. So totally, let's totally. Do it. It's been a sausage fest for most of this year and a half, dude. I know we've got like three girls, maybe. But anyways, um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a metal show or anything, right? It's all girls, right? Am I right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, yes, so, all right. now tell me about tell me about the first time you you hooked up with dudes that were like-minded <laughs> hooked up with dudes to... hooked up with dudes yeah with some dudes just some and you decided uh, to get intimate with instruments instrument, oh, intimate with instruments uh, with toys that was definitely like i was saying uh that that halloween garage show that i played with uh, uh some friends of mine they um it was super funny because like i had a fucking bowl cut for the longest time and like it was down to like here it was the only like acceptable haircut that i could have when i was a kid yeah. uh, to have long hair and um i was getting made fun of by this one kid on the bus constantly and he was like he first made fun of me because when I moved to town, he was like, I, I, I was like, I don't know. My dad, I guess, like gave me an approximate like place that the bus drops me off. And then he like on my first, you know, trip home on the bus, I was like, I think this is my bus stop. And he's like, he doesn't even know where his fucking bus nah, stop this is. Fucking ah! Like, yeah. And he just like totally ridiculed Already. me made fun of me was a total fucking asshole but hung out like with the other people that i knew and then all of a sudden like randomly one day shows up on my fucking doorstep with somebody else that i knew that was like a neighbor on the back like end of the neighborhood or the back street behind me and uh he was like hey so i heard you're like pretty good drummer and i was like i i don't know i play drums but what the fuck are you doing at my house and he was like uh well you know like i'm trying to like do a band thing blah blah, blah. and uh i thought his sister was so fucking hot so i was like nice. yep that's an end so i'm down You're with that right, for dude. sure and uh <laughs> yeah so i i played with him but then like you know uh the other two uh people that were in the band with us he played uh second guitar i want to say and then the two brothers that were in the band they played um guitar and uh bass 
And so they were really cool. And I was definitely excited to be in it with them. Uh, and that was, that was basically my first like taste of playing a show. And it was yeah that Halloween thing doing the covers. And then like when I was about probably 16, uh, I think just freshly 16, I got into a uh, my first local band with uh, people in my school that I met, and um, it was just the perfect you know mix of people. I lived in Wyoming. I lived in Casper, Wyoming, and it was it, Wyoming is a desolate place. It is an absolute fucking desolate place where like the cities are spread out by like you know forty minutes in every fucking which direction mm-hmm. from where I lived. And so the people that I had in my town were the only ones I had to really play with. And um, so I just hit it off really well with them. And uh, we started our own local band. And uh, that that band was called Dead Ashore, which was, you know, it's a fucking 16-year-old name. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was the first, like, the first thing that I ever did with, like, what, a group of people that I you know, gave it? a shit about. Was it original? Um, it was, uh, it was originals and it was very much like in the vein of anything we were listening to. So we like really loved darkest hour. We really loved Timza. We started getting into black Dahlia murder. And it was funny because I tell everybody, I'm like, dude, the first band that I was in, we, I said that we need to write fucking riffs that sound like Dahlia and, um, had no idea, you know, what was coming up. And then, um, as things started to progress, like in the mid thousands and shit, then all of a sudden suicide that silence came out. And we were like, or I was like, we need to be writing like deathcore breakdown shit. But I was more of like the idea of like, I like the slammy stuff, you know, like I really mm-hmm. like these ideas of, of being very heavy and uh, writing riffs that just are, you know, uh, they just are heavy as fuck. And, and so uh we just kind of went with whatever the fuck we were influenced by and that was kind of the big difficulty of it was just being influenced by too much and not really knowing how to like um refine it to like what made sense what we cared about and we wrote eight minute songs because i was an idiot and i was like no dude should have all those parts of one song like why would we divide it into two separate songs when we have one awesome song that's eight minutes you know and we don't have anybody that's in the city that's like, bro, you don't do that. And also, like, we're more successful than you, and we can tell you about it, you know? So that that was kind of how it went, I guess. How long did that last? Uh, I would say from, let's see, probably about 2004 or five till about 2008. Yeah, I'd say about eight. And then I joined my first touring band, uh, The Breathing Process, out of Connecticut uh, in 2009. And, um, yeah, so that was, like, the first taste of, like, real touring type of shit. And also, like, more, I guess, like, professional music because they were on um, Siege of Amida Records, which was Mm. a division of uh, Candlelight, which had... uh, emperor and other black metal bands from it was an english label okay yeah he asked a question and just took off it was pretty sick but uh so, <laughs> so uh fucking after that um do you like drums or something i was uh looking at something else do i like drums or something 
I suppose I give a shit about hitting things <laughs> in a rhythmic manner uh, for a for long periods of time to do, uh, you know, extended listenings of music with. Yes. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So I no, sorry. That was, that, was, that was a fucked up question. But anyways, <laughs> like as far as far as your uh, as far as like, like, we'll take a little segue right here. What's your like biggest like I mean, you have drummers here. You have, I'm the only not drummer here right now. Like, what's your biggest like influence? Drummer, like, what's your drummer. number one like drummer? If you had to pick one drummer to rule them all with the Lord of the Rings, like oh, all that shit, man. what would it be? You top can't two. Do that, man. <laughs> top okay, three. I, I was gonna say it has to be top three because the thing is, is that I don't think you can get any one thing from any specific totally. drummer. And like the things that have shaped me has been like multiple multiple ideas of musicianship and you know just sort of uh yeah i, I guess like the 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 context the context of like what the uh music was that they were playing in so like i guess the biggest artist that made the uh, most impact on me at an early age was fucking um bron daler and Braun Daler from oh, Macedon yeah. was like the first time that I realized, oh wow, you can just like jam the fuck over what you're doing. Like you could just have no set thing that's going on, and you can really just feel it out and just have a good time playing drums and express yourself the whole way through as long as you just keep the beat going. And it's like I do love Joey Jorson. I think Joey Jorson is like absolutely one of the other fundamental uh drummers that that really played a part in my mind but i feel like when i when i noticed a difference in drumming it was like braun where he came in and was just like i'm just gonna fucking groove over the whole thing and all the wrists and everything were just so heavy and so like i don't know it was like slipknot had one thing and mastodon had this other like vibey sort of like heaviness to them that I couldn't explain or couldn't like or that I hadn't heard before and it was very moody it was very moody and like uh so Braun was a huge one um, have you heard real quick have you heard his band before Macedon Lethargy <laughs> oh yeah actually weirdly enough I've heard Lethargy a million times or I've heard the name but I've never gone and checked them out extensively I don't know why I just always am like yeah, really he was in that band, and he was in Today's the Day. And, like, Today's the Day is another one that I don't really think about too, too much because I'm like, it's not quite in the vein of, like, the shit that I was, like, expecting or wanting. But I also just kind of, like, go way into a spectrum of shit that I am exploring and then I forget mm -hmm. about the other Lethargy's stuff. outside of both those projects. I know you'll be down. Just go check it out, dude. Lethargy. I will absolutely yeah. I think, I, will now... I think the album is one of the, the album is called uh, uh Writing with Small Hands or I wish I had I wish I could write with small hands or some <laughs> shit like that, dude. It's crazy. But dude, his drumming on that is the craziest technical shit he's ever done. But I mean I know what you're talking about with the Mastodon stuff because yeah, you do that crazy technical shit that you're about to hear when you listen to that band, but then in Mastodon, it's like I he found a balance of being a very technical drummer but still having so much groove and so much feel in his playing. It like he settled out into this perfect 
version of himself for Mastodon. March March of the Fire Ants was like when I really, I mean, like I heard March of the Fire Ants, and then I heard Crusher Destroyer on the Tony Hawk soundtrack, and March of yeah. the Fire Ants was from Headbangers Ball. But when I first heard that, I was just like, dude, it's so fucking heavy. I mean, just like the tuning, the production, the drum beats, like everything just felt so fucking just crushing, you know? And so I had to go get uh, Remission on CD yeah. because like when I heard that, it just, I was like, Crusher Disturb, Marsh Fans, Soul. I'm going to get this album. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was so moody and so fucking just you know it it, it kicks so much ass and yeah so sorry to hijack it. it was just that was when i knew i was like this is something that i really want to latch on to <laughs> yeah most definitely do the probably the most sickest metal band currently today and i love where they've gone since then like Me a too. lot of people don't but i do like that natural progression i don't like every step of it but i do like a lot of it and i do accept a lot of it because i'm like dude you went from something that probably wouldn't have gotten noticed or cared about by most people especially because of how just exclusive it was and then you fucking took it over here and you turned it into something that people really like and that you know a lot of people can uh get into and and uh not feel too like alienated by like with how heavy it is or how like oh you just have to have this like palette of you know like weird vibey kind of like metal and shit you know they got some really rad behind the scenes dvds that come with their albums too like the you know in the studio process and they take you into the motel that they're living in while they're <laughs> recording and all that kind of shit. But they all have like a, a really good sense of humor and they all, when you see them vibe together and, and put this, this album together, you're like, these guys are just like musical geniuses. Plus they have such a great like connection with each other. And all of them have this sense of humor that is unique, but it all works together it's, mm -hmm. I, I love watching them like just work, you know? Absolutely. And I think that they've had that chemistry for a long fucking time. And I think that that just uh, solidifies how good of a band they are. Just they can read off of each other. They can um, hopefully understand each other. Like, and if things get tough, maybe they have those communication skills that like other bands don't where it's kind of like, hey, your shit sucks. But like, Maybe we'll work through it. We'll try and figure it out or whatever. And and uh, that's that's the makings of a band that has longevity, you know? Totally. And, so, and they, they show that they got the longevity. And I've seen them only a handful of times. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have seen them more, but also consistent. Every single live time show, live experience I've had with Mastodon has been exactly what I wanted and more every time I went and saw them. And I will bring up real quick two of my major influences or or drummers that i really like uh fucking kai hato um rotten sound uh uh nightwish um winter sun he fucking just is a finnish like crazy person like he <laughs> took rotten sound if you haven't heard these guys grind band for fucking finland not not you yeah. guys but the audience um yeah. grind band for finland 
and he takes this the most caveman HM2 style of grind and turns it into something entirely different like like adds like this layer of intelligence that you're never gonna fucking get from most people who are like i have a punk and death metal background that's it and he's like no dude i have a fucking jazz and latin style background like i'm gonna add all sorts of fireworks to this shit that you've never heard before and it, it, it is like you know a lot of those songs are very grind time specific like it's only two minutes or less and uh he kicks so much fucking ass. He writes shit that is like unbelievably technical and just stylistic beyond what grind is. And it just reinvents the genre. He's so fucking good. There's videos all over YouTube of him where he like does a, a jazz clinic in the middle of a fucking fair in Finland or something. And then he's also got like jazz videos of him and, and, uh, the the Murder Works live DVD that they have. Uh, it's an entire collection. There's there's a YouTube uh, rip of it, and there's a whole back section of it where it's just him doing his solos night after night, and you're just like, this guy is on an entirely freakishly different level than what this band is, and he just bumped them up so high, and it's like to hear aggressive music played intelligently is so fucking badass. That's kind of what my big thing has been. And then one of my other big influences, just because I love the band, was uh, uh, Thomas Prigian with uh, Mars Volta. Because, like, nice. Mars Volta, absolutely top five favorite bands. And uh, it doesn't really matter who's been in it. It's always been good. But Thomas brought it to a level that was, like, unmistakably... Which album did he come huge. in? I want to say... Bedlam and Goliath. I think that was the first okay. one. And then there was like Amputecture. I could be reversing them. Okay. But that's it was the after. one that I, I started paying attention was that one. And then I went backwards and forwards in their timeline and realized I fucking love this band, dude. And I went and saw them in Berkeley too. And it was one of those experiences where it was just yeah. heavenly, dude. And, and they're the theater it might have been at uh uc theater did do they have no they don't have seats down there no it was a different theater in berkeley and there were seats it was like a real theater and but they had i was like do you think i'm in a band where i know that type of shit (laughs) (laughs) i was just saying that to joel because joel i was with joel recently at this uc (laughs) berkeley seeing cannibal um but the backdrop they what mars volta did is they had like eight different backdrops that would drop periodically through the set but each one of them had to do with like the next couple of songs and each piece of art was just so amazing i wanted like every one of them to be on a shirt and i would buy them all you know and and it was just one of those experiences where everything about it not just the music but just like the the vibe of being there and their theatrics yeah. and i was just like oh dude this band knows what the fuck is up dude i never got to see volta live and i am so fucking disappointed because like uh 2012 i think they like legitimately called it quits and then they had been talking about or maybe 2010 something like that and then they mm-hmm. had been talking about like coming back for a while after that and never happened and then i like commented on um 
I, I follow Cedric on Instagram and I was like, dude, okay. when's that after, when's the next fucking Volta album happening? Because like I've been waiting since 2012 when there was like supposed, you know, information about shit coming out. And he was like, Oh, didn't you hear? Like, I'm not a fucking band guy anymore. And I was like, all right, that's coming from the horse's mouth, but I don't really know yeah. whether or not that means anything. Does that mean he's and, your solo guy now and he re- he just hires people or is no he just quitting music? What the fuck? And I do love Omar stuff. Like Omar, you know, took a lot of what would have been probably Volta and went with it and just kind of like, uh, I guess from what I heard too, uh, Thomas Pridgen was like, told to record to a bunch of songs and he was like they were like yeah this is gonna be volta and then it just turned out it was omar stuff so it's Mm. like all right well i guess he wasn't too happy about that and maybe there was probably like intention for volta and it just Mm -hmm. didn't go but like either way i love proggy shit i love fucking like you know uh stuff to like i said takes you on an adventure like black metal the experimental Cool, weird shit that's you read my cedric's lyrics it's fucking weird shit so if you guys for all the for all the for all the metal people because i mean my uh my roommate trevor like we, he's got he bought that fucking 800 mars volta fucking like box set thing that came box out set? like a, yeah yeah he bought that it's like sitting right on our, our, our like a bookshelf but it's like still in the thing it's probably going to be worth a ton of money so that you're mm-hmm. saying they stopped in 2010 12 12 Oh yeah, but what, yeah. what what song would if it's to, to like a death metal crowd? Like if someone like because he showed me stuff and I'm like this is good, but I'm not like it's like what you said talking about like a wanting to come back with a riff stuck in your head. It didn't do that to me yet. So I'm like if I had if you had to pick one song to show people like outside the genre uh, what to check out, what would you pick? Ooh, that's really hard. You know, okay, so the one one of the ones that I would pick because it is the most fucking you're going on a journey. You got to follow it all the way through from start to finish. Um, it would either be Day of the Baphomets, which is off of I want to say Amputecture, or which is yeah. Oh, Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm no, actually I'm... pulling it up right now. Go ahead, though. Okay, so yeah, because I was looking up the. Uh, Day, the which one did you say? Too. What song? Day of the Baphomets, which I believe is it might be actually think... Bedlam and Goliath. That's no. what it is. No, is it? no, no, that is it's not on amputecture. Oh, wait, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's sorry, you're you're right. It's so, okay, seven. so okay, so like Bedlam and Goliath that came out 2008. Um, the song off of that is called uh, the one that I would suggest off of that is Cavalettis, and like it's not a metal guy's song. That's the thing, is like I'm not explicitly like suggesting what would be a metal guy song because i'm just kind of like let's play to the band's strengths here rather than like yeah, yeah. trying to be like hey would the most book heavy song be from these guys yeah well, i mean the like, reality is i'm not listening to it with a metal filter i'm not well, i'm talking about like through a metal prism so what was what? the what was the song that bridged you to fucking like them you know what i mean like the song that like Cause you're like into your style of music and you oh, hear Mars Volta. What the tetragram, fuck? Wait, tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton is song, a fucking. Dude. It's a sick one. I it's mean, an that's epic, another like. It's an eight adventure. Sixteen minute, seventeen minute song almost. But it's, it's it's a journey. Yeah, dude. exactly. And if I don't know, dude, it, it's kind of like if you can listen to Blast Beats for 
fucking 10 minutes straight or something like that. Just some yeah, you can get through this. Ass. And there's riffs, dude. There's <laughs> great riffs. The first but, riff in that fucking song is amazing. Uh, dude, Delouse in the Comatorium, the first album, yeah. the first fucking song, yep. Son et Lumiere and uh, Inertiatic ESP. Those are the two fucking, those were the ones that grabbed me. And I just had that background or I had that like appreciation of a lot of, uh, the post metal stuff. I loved uh, at the drive-in, you know, like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was listening mm-hmm. to a lot of, uh, I liked Primus. I liked a lot of alternative stuff like at the drive-in. I liked uh, Billy talent, which was like a Canadian band. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And these are, I, I, I mentioned these bands because I also listened to a local radio station here in Michigan called um, 89 X and they were based out of uh, Windsor, Canada. And Windsor is the literal, city on the other side of the detroit river and so they played all sorts of alternative music and rock and roll and shit that we like normally wouldn't do because at a certain point clear channel bought all the radio stations in the Mm -hmm. united states and they basically said no you you can't fucking play whatever the hell you want anymore you can't just play like house and chains can't play like Soundgarden, you can't play all the grunge shit, can't play all the rock stuff, you gotta play like the poppy stuff, maybe if No Doubt fits on that, sometimes we'll play it, but basically like we control the top 40 that you're gonna play, and they monopolized every radio station in the country, so actually 89X being the Canadian radio station really like introduced me to a shitload of stuff, I mean like Nirvana, whether it was um whether it was like in utero or it was nevermind or it was the acoustic album or it was primus or alice in chains tons of alice in chains and for fucking absolute worst our lady peace i don't know what their thing was about them (laughs) i want to fucking lobotomize myself though for hearing all the our lady peace that they made me listen to but like there was corn there was limp biscuit they just slipped that one in there yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I gotta take the bad whatever, dude. I go. I like. Su- I like Superman's dead, homie. I like Superman's dead. <laughs> God, I don't even remember what they sound like. Yeah. Wait, see, so one thing you oh, skipped over that is that you're, you're oh, from wow. you're from Canada. So I, you're from Canada. No, what? Oh, he's from no. Wyoming. No, I'm, from I'm, what the fuck? No, I'm actually well, almost Canada. You're Canadian. Yeah, I'm, Canada. About. <laughs> I'm from California. I was born there, and I moved the to Michigan when I was about seven or eight. And then I lived in Michigan yeah. for about four or five years. And then I moved from Michigan to Wyoming. But either way, I spent like equal parts of my childhood in like all these places. Like there was a third of my life in California. There was a third of it in Michigan. There was a third of it in Wyoming. And then I came back and I've been living in Michigan for like almost 10 years again. So it's, uh, yeah, I kind of been all over the place and spent equal parts nowhere and everywhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. What do you think about the toadies? I'm just kidding um so <laughs> i do like it i do like it i mean did i have dude. a 90s playlist like don't get me wrong yeah you know? me too like, me too, I, me too. Love, I, yeah. <laughs> I had that cd i remember like in junior high going to the bus stop and i was like i had the cd and it was like possum kingdom or what? yeah possum kingdom right going back real fast i was gonna say uh virus my band that i love like nice. uh the the they they have that black metal aspect of like play through a rock filter but it mm-hmm. also drives that point home where it's like um amazing fucking drums 
amazing yeah. guitar and amazing bass and they all play their own fucking voice like parts yeah. but they all yeah. come together to yeah. make something cohesive that builds a bigger piece of a or so maybe that's just, adding the jazz in there that we didn't mention it's the jazz it's like, aesthetic what what rock and roll was back in the day was basically everyone knew how to play their instrument everyone knew how to play their part to build a really great song and i'm not saying that like metal doesn't do that i'm just saying that like metal or death metal for the most part is like bass follows two guitars and the two guitars kind of follow each other and then the drums kind of follow all of that too and that is really you know awesome in the right context in the right way but it's just not what rock and roll and what alternative and all that other shit was where it's basically like if you're a bass player you got to be a really good fucking bass player to mm -hmm. gel with the rest of your band to add a voice and not just be like a guy that is like given the tabs where it's like hey we're playing this and like basically just do this too because like you're you're not going to be able to figure out some other like alternative like, to this it's like the space in the music for their personality and their ego in a sense like you know this guy comes in like i'm duff mckagan or somebody he seems like a really cool guy or whatever but you know like he's like a huge you know guns and roses fucking if he comes in and is gonna play bass like he's bringing his personality into the session too right you know like it's not just right like, yeah you know, he's gonna make it sound and like in rock music there's more room for that too right because like in fast yeah. music it's like well these are the notes and you just play those notes and we go really fast and you know but uh you know exactly and and sorry i know this is cali deaf podcast i just also oh, no, we, also want to shout out iniquitous deeds is really fucking sick i uh oh, hell yeah, is no, yeah. i fucking love those guys so Fuck guys yeah. i still love death metal i just also no, really great, great story is i just saw nico like a couple of days ago joel do you see nico too uh, was he at the? He was at the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. he was at the show. Yeah, he yeah, was. totally, totally. He yeah, was rocking yeah. one of his, uh, his, his. Yeah, because he's selling face. cannibal. He's selling cannibal. Those, those like uh, cut off face things. Yeah, well, right? no, yeah, you got. They got like a, a limited number, but they, they may. I think they're selling some. But you also see him up on stage on their their cabs and shit too. But he had uh, made designed and made all these these face. It's like leather face like cut off your face and it says cannibal corpse on the forehead or some shit like that and you're like yeah yeah but it, that's just as his style of art is like making these like physical like he, he could oh, be dude, like he's, in he's like, found a like niche he's found a cool horror, niche. he could be like in horror movie niche. like makeup and 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 like prop making and shit like that like he's got the skills dude you see this shit up front and you're like this looks like a real human face that I'm holding, you know? He and also, makes, like, his fucking uh, music, Nico. too. His music, too. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, like, his, I mean, Iniquitous Deeds is fucking sick as shit, but I'm going to do of one that, of like, that. We're going to do an episode with him for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll I hope so. Because it's fucking yeah. heavy as fuck. Yeah. But I was going to say, he makes incredible. Um, uh, art and and I wanted to buy like a light switch from him, but he yeah. didn't have oh, it yeah. on the individual stuff in stock for so long. And it's like you only get this as long as there's one of them. And if anybody buys one of them, it's gone, you know. And then all I have is all these other ones. And so like I wanted to get like a specific one. And I was kind of like, well, uh, maybe I'll wait or something. But it was funny because I saw him go to a Cannibal Corp show, and his picture was with uh, his a, a chain 
with like the face as a yeah, necklace yeah. on his shirt, but it's like his shirt said Disgorge on the top. And then I saw like <laughs> the face over the top and it was like Cannibal Corpse on the forehead. And I, I literally asked, I was like, is this a t-shirt? Is this a Disgorge t-shirt that has <laughs> a like collab, cross face? collab? Yeah. I was like, what in the bootleg hell is this? Like, this is like just okay, yeah, we're gonna sell something that everybody's gonna love, you know. And 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 uh he was like, No, I was just totally necklace, but I, I was like, I wouldn't put it past them maybe in like Mexico or something to be like Discord, but also you love cannibal corpse, and this is really cool, you know. Dude, I could probably have made a Discord shirt that had the like guy's face on a necklace like as the actual print on it i could probably have that done <laughs> and i'm yeah, thinking just about it now. yeah there's yeah, a bootleg yeah. there's a bootleg split there's a bootleg split between uh morbid angel and somebody else and the morbid angel artwork is Severed. the force to bleed artwork <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they literally just took the force to bleed artwork dude outside Angel's of the fucking Outside of the Campbell show, there was bootleg guys with like bootleg scarves. Did you see that shit? What? There's bootleg cannibal corpse scarves. He's all, you want a scarf? There's a cannibal corpse on it. It was knitted. It was like bootleg. Whoa. I was like, what the hell? I was like, I, I was like, we're actually going to like, you know, when you go to Slayer or you go to like a huge metal band, you'll see that shit. But like outside yeah. of a cannibal corpse show, it was like, they could have played such a bigger place, by the way, because every show there's right now is selling out. And all my friends are like, oh, you know, some like, can you get me in? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. Well, think of one thing that we never talked about, dude, is like live concerts being gone. This, what were the scalp? Well, actually, doing? that was actually something I want to talk to Alan about because when you guys came back with that last tour you guys did, it was like, and I had to fucking work, and it was like in Berkeley. It's like two hours away, but I was like seeing the fucking um, the fucking response and stuff, and everyone like selling everything. It was pretty sold out, pretty much the whole tour, right? Oh yeah, we we literally sold out half the tour. It was yeah, like yeah. literally half the dates were sold out. So yeah, that was uh, we we did really fucking good, like unexpectedly good. Yeah, nice. just because everyone was so fucking hungry, you know, yeah, it's like perfect out, timing. Yeah. I was like, you guys were like the yeah. first one to come back and like give them like a sick death metal tour, like after they've been waiting for a while, you know. So I was like, God, hope, they're probably murdering it. I hope everybody feels what I felt when I was at the Cannibal Show. I literally was just in awe of being there. I saw so many people that I hadn't seen in so long. The energy that you just have longed for for so long without live performances. And uh, yeah, it was something that I, I re you realize like when you're in the moment, like, oh, dude, this is something I've been missing for a very long time, you know? And just being able to be yeah. comfortable in that environment and just being like, fuck it, dude, we're back. Everybody's fucking back. Dude, that's what I need in my life, bro, is to go see Cannibal Corpse. That's what I and fucking rips After your all face this, off, dude. this whole COVID shit and all this, man, I just need to go see Cannibal Corpse. You need that, to see Rutan. It's, it's oh, fucking... Dude. He, it's, oh, it's, God. That's the yeah, band I, I need to see. I can't imagine getting to see with Rutan now. You're right. Yeah. And, it, and I'm not just hyping it just because no, it's I've like seen him the like thing a few to times say or whatever. Yeah, Rutan really was oh, just Rutan. like flawless. Dude. I know. He was perfect. I mean, it was, it was me, Anthony, Eddie from Suicide Silence, my friend Trevor, who'd never seen Cannibal Corpse ever. And like... We're, I'm just sitting there, like me and Eddie, going, like, "What the fuck? That guy's like, that guy is death metal. I think that guy's death metal. Yeah, guy's like the number one death metal <laughs> well, guy." We started <laughs> like, at the bar. We started at the bar, which was still yeah. a good view. We were right behind the mixing board, so it's like, okay, we got a decent yeah. mix. We're getting drinks, whatever. But at at some point, everybody or not everybody, all the four you just mentioned, were just like, 
we need to get closer now. And we yeah, just yeah. fucking went down and got as close as we could to Rutan and had a perfect view of everybody at the same time. And that just, side like, view was perfect. It was like Rutan yeah, was, closest, uh, like Corpse yeah. Grinder, and then fucking Rob, and then like you got oh, everyone dude. in there. And I was and like, that, Alex that's where we were. And I yeah. literally was in the zone to where after Cannibal was done, I was like, oh it's over like i didn't even feel like <laughs> i didn't even feel like i was like run down by anything you know like you know you you get to the end of some sets and you're like oh wait no they're still not done it's like cannibal just got you high and they're like all right take off dude yeah you're like your pupils are all big you're like oh jesus christ then you have to go out in the public and shit and like then... <laughs> yeah i can't i, I can't even count how many times i've seen him but they've <laughs> yeah. always done that to me they've always done that to well, me. Just know, they more... always make me remember oh yeah we're Cannibal Corpse, dude. There's one more, though, that's coming. They just announced the dates and stuff. Is that Deicide Legion, the whole album live? See, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I have to. I'm going to get a ticket that, like now for that. That's like crazy. It's like an August. Now that I have that resurgence with Cannibal, I'm like, yeah. Whatever month it is. Deicide Legion needs yeah. to be something I need to see. Was the last Deicide tour, was that a album tour as well? I think it got postponed, right? Didn't it? I'm or did sure. they actually do it? I'm not sure. I think they oh, did no. it. Sorry, my brain, my brain is terrible. Did they I already just do... know they were out in September of like last. No, no, sorry, August of last. Oh, they did do a tour. They did remember, a tour. Yeah, I didn't remember yeah. if it was like an yeah. anniversary tour. Or if it was just a regular, straight up, like whatever tour. Yeah, it was it's not an album tour. tour. I was on that oh, tour. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mike Caputo was on that tour. I saw him. Yeah, <laughs> so it was. Uh, so it was fucking um, uh, Nick, our uh, our tour manager. He was also running merch for uh, DSI. I just couldn't remember, like I said, if that was an album tour or not. But uh, yeah, DSI okay. Cataclysm, Internal Bleeding, Begat the Nephilim. Yeah, that's Whoa. very nice. Jesus. So that was fun. Got to got to see that in my own backyard finally, and I was home oh, for yeah. that, which was really nice. Yeah, except for that was the first tour where I was like out of the house without a, or I was wearing a mask and I just looked at everybody. I was like, nobody's wearing a mask here. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I think I'm definitely about to get COVID when I go on my tour. Miraculously, nothing. Fucking yeah, up. yeah, amazing. And then, and then beginning of January when I go bar hopping in my own goddamn <laughs> city. Yeah, two you days later. It absolute fucking covid like i might as well just been licking a Damn. toilet seat or something you know but tour whatever that's like raw dog in every city possible i got i got it from my kid and he brought it home from school so it was oh, like yeah, I, I was like trying to get my kid back in school and then he brings it back home after all the time that we've been little disease buckets ourselves from it. oh yeah exactly They're like oh you bring your kid back to school but all the petri dishes just gave it right petri to dishes <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah it's all it's all just a bunch but of it's, that's how it is regardless of covid before that it was still the same way kids would just bring yeah. shit home they bring all kinds dude. of presents home for you yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely so abigail williams so you joining abigail like how did that become a thing because you know that's like probably one of the more established bands that you joined is that is that correct yeah yeah and uh abigail williams uh came about because uh enough um in the myspace days uh i was i got like two friend requests from them i got one of them and i like it was you know everybody was getting friend requests from bands because that's how fucking myspace worked yep and then i i got one from them and i was sort of like i don't really know if i need like some band that's kind of big but not really doing much uh in my friends list Deleted them. <laughs> then about a year later or something, I got another friend request, 
And I don't remember if that was after they got Legend, which was the EP with fucking Zach uh, Gibson from Miami. That's right. And, yeah. um, and it was hilarious because, like, once Zach was done with uh, Dahlia, Ken uh, Bergeron from fucking um, uh, Abigail Williams, he was like, he, he uh, hit up uh, Zach and he was like, dude, my asthma is fucking sick. Would you want to like come record a album for us? And that was where legend came from. And so Zach toured with them for a while. And then when I got the second friend request, they were at the end of like the legend cycle. And uh, I noticed that like Zach wasn't in the band anymore because he decided that he didn't really want to tour anymore. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. Like, I really do want to play music. I just didn't know this was a band that, like, was going to be serious or actually do anything that I gave a shit about. And but then, like, when I knew that they had Zach and when I had heard Legend, I was like, oh, wow, this is something. This isn't just some MySpace band, like, trying to get friends. This is really, like, you know, an actual fucking musical project that's worth a shit. And um, so I decided to, you know, try out or ask Ken, like, hey, can I try out for you guys? And, um, you know, I was kind of on the back burner for a while. And he was he was like talking to me and uh, he gave me a lot of like bands to try out for. Like uh, he actually set me up with um, Winds of Plague when uh, they were between drummers and their drum mm -hmm. tech art took over for the okay. guy who was playing on that um uh, i can't remember what the name of the album was but it was back in like 2008 something like that and uh then he also had me try out for damn what was it uh well if i can't remember it was it was definitely one of them was the breathing process and that was the band okay. that i ultimately stuck with and he was like, I mean, he knew I was hungry. He knew that I was like looking for something to do. And like I was saying, it was at the end of the legend cycle and they were just about to start doing in the shadow of a thousand suns, which was like with trim from emperor. And that was an entirely completely different level than like of drumming that, than I had ever heard in my life. So when I was, you know, checking out the demos of that stuff, I was just like, jesus fucking christ this is like this is real drumming like this is you know somebody just laying it down like whether it's rehearsed or not and it's just this is what you want to play live and uh so i tried out with you know two legend songs that were very easy because zach had a lot of like gravity blast stuff and um and and it just kind of was like and then i had like a demo song from him for the new stuff and that was manageable in itself as well but i just ended up like with the breathing process and it was a good fit it was a very like logical place for me to be at my skill set and um i did a tour with them and it was with uh oceano and suffocate and then okay. that was like a two thing and it's so fucking weird because it was just like those guys were playing just beat down riffs and like all the people that were there were just beating the ever living shit out of each other and then we get up on stage and we'd be playing like you know intricate riffs and and ideas and things like that and everybody just kind of be like 
I can't like smash someone's skull to this. Like I got to <laughs> think about like how I feel and what I'm listening to. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, it just, it feels weird to not have that crowd energy, but then we ended up going out with uh, Abigail on another tour and it was like them, uh, Rose Funeral, Burning the Masses, which Chase and Westmoreland, God fucking damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. Out Jason, dude. He's Even been when on. we were 18, he was just fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah, absolutely. Dude. I mean, like, dude, played played Iron Cobras with the beaters at, like, a 90-degree angle, and they were fucking wooden Danmars. And they were like this, and he was just like, you know, like, faster than I'd ever seen anyone play. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Those guys were phenomenal. And then there was, um, oh, Conducting from the Grave. That was the other band. And uh, that was a fucking amazing tour got to actually meet max from my band uh when he was in despise icon we played at the white rabbit in uh texas and that was like my first run in with him and uh yeah and then just kind of like i did a year with breathing process and then i just decided to kind of like dip out because i really wasn't sure what the trajectory of the band was and i was just sort of like i gotta you know, make moves that make sense for me. And it's like, mm -hmm. I did move across country. I did move on my, like, right. I sent all my drums across country and I was sort of like, I'm doing this in Pittsburgh. That was where our, uh, stationary shit was. And, and then like, uh, Elena, our keyboard player at the time who basically supplemented the place for us to live in, uh, joined up with, uh, Abigail Williams. And so it was a weird situation, musical chairs where it was like black Dahlia had, members go to Abigail and then uh breathing process had members go to Abigail and then uh <laughs> Red they Rover, were, uh, Red Rover send Alan and, over. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of <laughs> did that, but I mean on a on a much larger loop. And uh and then like Alina went from Abigail Williams to Winds of Plague and Winds of Plague had already had the keyboard player from there being Abigail Williams and it was like super weird so yeah i i went from breathing process and then i jumped into a band that luckily i was very familiar with uh not band wise but personnel wise uh called karen page and they were out of ohio and like i knew the guitar player the two guitar players one of them was like the vocalist guitar player writer and the other one was like the secondary guitar player sort of and the vocalist was mostly just a vocalist in the band. And then we also had a lead guy who did all leads. And uh, so I knew the, I knew the two vocalist guys from a band called Nova prospect out of uh, Ohio. And they were a big fucking Dahlia influenced band. Like they really were trying to, you know, sell that type of sound with what they were doing. And I was actually like, uh, after breathing process was done, I was like, you guys, I really want to fucking, play with you you know because like you're doing shit that i that really speaks to me and it's like stuff that i want to be doing and but it just was another one of those like ken uh driven suggestions where i jumped in with these guys and they were on rotten records which was home of uh acid bath and fucking green jello and a oh, bunch shit. of other weirdos you know like definitely yeah. not anything that i think anyone like would really expect and mm -hmm. he just really liked the sound. It was some fucking crazy, like, scenish Dillinger type of stuff, you know? Like, it was Dillinger totally. with, like, 
just every other influence thrown at the wall, trying to make sense, trying to be something relevant. And uh, he saw promise in us. And, you know, he like put us on two different tours. We went and played South by Southwest and that was a fucking blast. But like that all kind of fell apart. And then when that went by the wayside, the vocalist also was like, you know what? You and I like Mastodon a lot, and we like this other kind of like stoner influence shit. And these like uh, Mars Volta, Mars Volta was another huge mm-hmm. influence. And we started a band called Unbodied, and Unbodied was a very like you know mashup of uh, kind of that death metal stuff with Mars Volta with Mastodon to make. Oh. Just okay. chaotic sort of. Is there recordings of this? You're you're tickling my taint a little bit right now. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I I I haven't really talked about it a whole lot because I'm like I'm not the most proud of like the fucking way that it came out of the production or anything, and and uh, it just was like what we did when we were fucking 22, and very short notice. It was it was a, uh, you know, like things were just very. It, things were not working out very well like at that moment i was just working with him because i was like you're you and i musically work really well but i think like situationally like in life and stuff like i don't think that you're really on board with this like 100 and it caused a huge rift and that was why karen page ended when it did was because it was such a tr- tumultuous like situation to continue that it just didn't benefit the group it only really benefited him in certain ways and we just couldn't make it work but i against my better judgment was like let's just do this because you know what like you are a really talented guy like i think we can make music really well that ended up happening and sort of just kind of like didn't really do anything now we're back together finally like 10 years later and we're trying to put out a uh brutal death metal project called uh infestuous and uh, i did uh vocals for that and i also wrote uh drums for that and i'm like oh, yeah. co-doing vocals on that as well it's like my first stint doing shit ever i actually tried out for the faceless when i was uh 19 and it was when oh, like shit. derek left after like akaldama and before <laughs> like um i want to say before planetary duality and uh yeah dude that was a weird situation where i got hit up by like ash advilson from um mm-hmm. sumerian yeah. he was like dude we saw trial videos like we really loved it and we just like want to see when you come down there and me being a 19 year old kid who had who's from wyoming who has had no professional band experience i was like oh my god this is my end and like you know and then of course they just kind of like ghosted me because everything just kind of like changed into something else where they were like, well, we got this guy from Pittsburgh and then, you know, also maybe Derek might do some more shit, but like, we're not really sure, but I was definitely like on the back burner, like waiting to hear, Oh my God, like, am I going to join the band or whatever? And, uh, but I've always death metal shit vocals since then. And I'm so glad like 10 years after the fact, I finally get the chance to do something with, another project you know so like we're getting very close to releasing that and uh yeah 10 years in the making and it's it's uh i'm hoping that we'll be able to like do some follow-up stuff very quickly after that but i'm excited to get what we 
you know, put together all those years ago out finally. Super funny you brought up just that real quick because Derek has Derek uh, Demacarcus is texting me right now that Chris Beatty's with him right now. He just mm-hmm. texts me like right oh. as you said Derek's name. He's like literally texting me that. And then another thing is that you said uh, that you're from a ghost town. Well, of course, it's Casper, Wyoming. Exactly. Oh, it's the not only just like a clever 45 joke, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> as he Wait. dips out of the. <laughs> with the dead joke. But no, he no, says what's is- up. Yeah. There's a gas station on the edge of town called Ghost Town. Like, nice. swear to fucking God. Yeah. So they Wait. they got it, too. <laughs> I just got to be clear on something. Did you audition for the Faceless on drums or vocals? Vocals. Vocals. I okay. was, uh, yeah, it was it was when they lost their vocalist. I don't even remember how yeah. I found my okay. in. But I get it. I was yeah. just like, I just, I never heard it. I had to just be clear on that because I was like, wait, what? Like, you must, then I'm looking forward to hearing your vocal project that you're oh thanks man yeah yeah that's yeah and like i said it's got my drums i wrote i i recorded all the drums it was on the e-kit so it is all midi shit but like i recorded it 10 fucking years ago and uh yeah and then i did the vocals recently to fill it out because it got shelved for about eight to nine years so now we're finally getting around to it being like oh so i guess we kind of (laughs) like hit that snag you know where we just really doing so well and i guess we had to have that time apart but like you want to just put this thing out i'm like yes of course like i've been wanting to do it forever so yeah let's just fucking do it and uh yeah so that's there, coming there are together. a lot of projects Hopefully, like that yeah there are a ton of projects it's so unfortunate on hard drives and shit yeah i have like three it's of them myself <laughs> yeah yeah, dude. And well, may everyone's projects come to fruition because I can't tell you how fucking frustrating that is to just have shit that's like half done and could be released, but like certain people just aren't coming to the table, you know? There's one of mine that I know is not, I, I'll never hear it again unless you find it on the internet because it's wiped from the hard drive. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> dude. You're like, oh, dude, the guy who recorded it said, um, this is gone on his hard drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 totally. You don't have any stems. It's just that's how nothing. it exists forever. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, no, that is nothing. a that is a hell in itself, kind of. Like, I hope mm-hmm. you just appreciate it for what it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for the fun times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I had a good time doing it, but there's not like, yeah, there's only like one song that shows the, like, not even the final version of that song. That's it. Sick. Oh, awesome, Mike! I'm glad that you're finally getting to do that shit. Cause yeah, yeah there's man. cool, there's cool projects like me and uh, me, Trevor, my roommate Carrie Gear. Well, it's like Son of Aurelius mixed with the Legion and uh, Casey's on drums, and um, it's finally like done, you know. And now it's like we're kind of like, all right, it got, it's done now. Like we're good because we're like, all, we're not like touring. Like I got, we all got jobs now, and we're like, fuck, like we're making money. Like, like what do we do? We can't do like leave for two months or a month or anything like that. Like so, we're kind of like in that limbo of like what do we do now we got an album like sick it's like do we pay for it ourselves or do we make a do we trick a label into signing i'm just kidding um <laughs> but uh hey, well, yeah, it's I mean, one of those things no i was gonna say no strings type of shit like hey if you like it just you know put it out totally. and we'll go from there or whatever and that's kind of what we're looking to do is like we don't have any 
we're, we're all kind of, I mean, he already has another band. Uh, my, my bandmate, uh, it's called Dr. Smoke and they're on ripple music. Um, and it's mm -hmm. sort of a, uh, a sort of Megadeth meets like, you know, um, modern, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, I want to say, well, I don't want to say old school rock, but it's, it's sort of that pentagramish sort of idea. And, um, yeah, so they've got their own, you know, band to to deal with, and then he's just doing like he's wrapping up loose ends essentially, and that's really what it is. And it's like I don't, I think that he still has appreciation for all those different types of music, but it's just kind of like totally. we're all in our different, you know, paths right now, where it's like you're going with this, I'm going with this, and let's try and meet in the middle for a second, and before we like split off again and have to like focus on all this shit, you know. Definitely, definitely. I mean, so you actually said something real quick because I've tour I've toured with uh, Black. I'm sorry, not Black Belly, of course. And uh, Abigail, you said Ken Bergeron. So Sorceron comes from Bergeron. I didn't even know that ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just outed his fucking. Uh, <laughs> now I his, know his real name. Bergeron, the the name Bergeron. Oh, it's. Remember there, there was an episode we were talking about some videos. No, we were talking about uh, Sorceron. Someone was like okay. Sorceron, and Anthony's all Sorceron. That's his name. Like you like didn't didn't put it together. Oh, I said was, that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a total legal Christian, you know, name <laughs> yeah. like parental <laughs> last name for sure. His no, shout out to Ken though. He's a, he's <laughs> singing with a uh, veil of Noth right now, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, damn, dude, that sounded fucking great. I got to catch them on the uh, Obscure tour, and yeah, that was a, got a couple days. I'm Totally. Yeah, totally. you won't be disappointed. It's a long fucking tour for them. It's been like seven I weeks know. or some shit. I remember they're like, they're like, I saw the fucking flyer for it and I bought tickets. So I was like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to do the fucking, you know, f oh, can you get me in? I, it was like, just fucking buy tickets in advance as a local venue. And I know it's going to be like packed. And uh, they're like, we're just starting. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I don't, I'm not seeing you for two months. How are you just starting now? Like, like it's like literally yeah. like, and, and fucking Gabe, was, well, I've talked about it before, has to do two sets all night or every night for fucking that whole fucking tour and like maybe a month I can like be like yeah it's good job man but like two he's months I'm like ass. I know and everyone's just like he's fucking murdering too it's not just like him just like filling in he's like actually nailing it and fucking blowing people's minds I forget we who else we had on the podcast that was saying like at the kickoff of the tour they saw it and he was like he's like the best musician like one of the best musicians there you know what I mean think yeah, about he, it it's like he got double the well, if they get paid right, he gets double the money now too, dude. That's the way to. That's influence <laughs> for drummers. Just you know. Yeah. Right. I'm glad. You know, it's a you know a, a metal a working man in the metal gig like definitely needs some fucking cash. So I hope that like uh, yeah, it's working out for him because you know he he definitely is he is forklift certified. So if that oh, says oh, anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he okay. should be really raking in the fucking money, <laughs> <laughs> dude. He's he's a monster, dude. And yeah, he's amazing. Parking, if you parking have vans. Skills, oh my god. If you have those <laughs> skills, then you utilize them, dude. So yeah. if you're out there listening to this, you got skills like Gabe Zebra, fucking Zebra, 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 Zebra. Get your fucking shit together and fucking make your fucking money, dude. That's right. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, so okay, so we'll, we'll fast forward. To uh, so yeah, you're, I want to know about when what getting the black dahlia call or yeah, like all that, like when you found how you tried out when you got the call, what you felt like, what, how big your oh, boy was compared to normal. 
uh it was raging to say the least like i mean it was a scared raging boner like i was i was at full mass but i was also like fight or flight you know um it was uh, it was like inside your body and outside your body at the same time yeah it like i was, like, I was a directions? scared dog yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was a scared dog having sex and being like, should I wrap up? Should I roll it? Should I wrap up? Should I roll it? Um, but, uh, no, it was, so, like, I I was playing um, in Chicago with uh, Abigail Williams and um, Lord Mantis was playing there. And Lord Mantis is a fucking sick-ass, like, heavy, super heavy uh, band that has uh, Charlie Fell on bass and vocals and he mm -hmm. uh was an ex-member of um knocked mystium and uh oh, the chicago yeah. yeah the chicago metal scene is kind of incestuous in terms of like at least like with black metal and stuff like that but uh lord mantis back at that point i guess was just very like damn dude it was very raw fucking um down-tuned heavy shit like i'm really having a hard time drawing comparison like i want to i want to say like indian but indian is also another another fucking chicago band that was like with some of the members of some of those bands and mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. i don't know it's just it's i guess if i had to draw a comparison to to anybody in layman's terms to be sort of neurosis sort of neurosis okay. with like a very rabid feel to it and um so anyways uh lord mantis is opening we're the headliner and fucking ryan knight who was uh lead guitars in black Dahlia at the moment uh was at the show and i just you know played with abigail and when i was done uh i didn't even know about this it was the day or two after and ken was like hey so just so you know because also abigail was like that was our last tour quote unquote like the it was the end of the band he wanted to start something different and uh i just was kind of riding it out with them and it was like me him and the bass player and i literally joined abigail to do live shit in november of 2011 so like this is september 2012 and or, or August, almost September. And it was really like, wow, this has been like a full year ride, you know, where I've done a tour with Mayhem, done a tour with Deicide, done a tour by ourselves that fell through with like um, uh, Dark Funeral. And mm. now we're doing a full like two and a half month farewell tour with Abigail. And so he tells me in the van, uh hey so ryan knight was at our show and he thought that like your playing was really cool and he was asking if maybe you'd want to try out for drums for black dahlia and i was just like what the fuck like are you serious like how the hell did he hear what we were doing and it's like it's very post black metal it's not like we're playing all the technical really insane shit that i was listening to back when i was in high school like uh, and and being like trim from emperor he's doing his stuff you know it was like the more scaled back uh uh post black metal and um but some of some of the later stuff too and yeah he was like yeah he 
he was asking if you want to try out and i was like oh my god yeah that would be fucking amazing and so i guess ken gave him my number and then like brian ashbox started texting me and he was like yeah so i hear you're interested and you want to do some shit and like here's kind of the tryout list and mind you we still had like two weeks left to tour like we had a full two weeks and then i had to still ride a fucking greyhound from like california back to wyoming so that's mm-hmm. another like three days tacked on to just mm-hmm. get home to start learning the the tryout songs and i was oh. like no fucking way is this gonna happen like this is gonna be the best opportunity i ever get and it's going to pass me by because I'm on, I'm in the middle of tour and they've got all these other drummers that they could be trying out that are at home right the second. And, yep. um, so I got home, you know, at the end of the two weeks and I was kind of like talking to Brian, like intermittently, like, I mean, maybe two, three times maximum. And, uh, it's just like, I'm in, uh, I'm in literally Yellowstone right now. We're trying to, play the last week of shows to get to California so I can drive back. And uh, I was supposed to go and bang this chick in Utah. And I was like, can't go do that because I'm going to try for a bang. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, all right, I'm rerouting. I'm going actually home now. And um, uh, you had and to I reroute s- from the, had to, the booty call. I had dude. to call it oh. off. I had to call it off. I was like, oh, booty fuck. call it off. <laughs> yeah, booty call it off. And um, so. I, I got home and immediately I, I, I was like on the Greyhound, had way too much time in the Greyhound with a bunch of crazy ass people. I had to like put on the blinders and be like, all right, let's just try and learn these songs as best as we can. So when we get home, we can like really nail them down and record them and play them. And thank fucking God, I don't know what the hell happened, but in that two and a half weeks or whatever, they still hadn't found anybody and like i got my tryouts done and i was even like sitting there recording i had a few friends come by and they were listening to me record the tryouts and i was very unhappy with like one of the songs where i was like this isn't fucking up to par like this fucking sucks like i'm not gonna send this out and uh i think that they were sort of like Oh, well, I thought it was good. Like, I, I, I thought it was okay. I'm like, no, fucking scrap it. We're not sending this, you know? And like, I was just being a crazy person, I feel like. And, uh, yeah. but I knew that that was, I knew that that was what it took to get to that point. I was like, I'm not going to send anything that like is not 100% representative of what I know it should be and what I know it can be. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing counting against me was my perfectionism and my like, you know, desire to make sure that I was going to give a hundred percent. And I was kind of like the clock is ticking, but I'm trying to be ready and trying not to be a crazy person, but I did it anyway. And then I sent it and they, they literally hit me up the next day after I like sent them all the videos and they were just like, wow, this is awesome. Can you like come out to Detroit, like in two days and fucking try out with us? And I was like, holy shit. Not only that, but then like, a month before that, Ash or sorry, Ash, um, Sven, uh, from Aborted, Aborted. had hit yep. me up, and he was like, uh, oh, and another thing, way before that, Aborted had asked me to play drums for them at a uh, at a time when Ken was still in the band, and Ken was the guy who was continuously like putting my name out there, being like, hey man, this guy I think could like handle this shit, 
and it just didn't work for one reason or another. And I'm kind of glad it didn't because I, I worked my way up the progressive way I needed to without falling on my face, getting something that was too, you know, good. So anyway, I told Sven, I was like, he wanted me to come fill in for his band System Divide at the time. And uh, System Divide was more of a death metal melodic sort of idea that was blended together where uh, his wife at the time was singing melodic vocals and he was doing all the uh, screaming and shit. And then there was like uh, Mike Heller on drums and some other ex Abigail members who were writing the stuff. And uh, so I had told him, I was like, yeah, I will come do drums on your tour that's coming up in October because I didn't see anything happening after Abigail. And I was sort of like scared shitless because I was like, is this the end of the road for me? Is this like where I don't get any more stuff and I just kind of fade into obscurity and I'm like, am I going to fucking actually find anything? So when I tried out for Dahlia, I had already had the system divide thing on the table and I went and did my audition with Dahlia where I went into their practice space and I played the songs that I had sent them on video with Brian and with Trevor. And it was just them like while I was on drums and uh, I told him the night before I was like, Hey guys, uh, just so you know, like I already did agree to this other thing going on. And um, I don't know where that leaves you with like what's going on right now. They had a tour that they wanted to uh, get going with. And I was just sort of like, they, they were first and I just kind of like, you know, have to let you know that that's just what I committed to already. And they were like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And, uh, and then when I wrapped up with the, the tryout with them, they were like, well, we'll bring you back in December, uh, which was like two months from then. And they were like, well, we'll give you another tryout, which you'll have different songs. And you'll do this shit. And we'll have this other guy that we have that's supposed to go out on the tour with us. And, you know, uh, good luck with your shit and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember if it was like the couple days before I did the tour or whatever, but I basically told Sven, I was like, dude, listen, I've got this fucking audition of a lifetime. And I know I already told you that I'd like go out with you guys. But the thing is, is that like, I'm just scared that I'm going to either, you know, do really well on this Dahlia audition and then fuck up your tour or I'm going to do really good on your tour and I'm going to fuck up this Dahlia audition. And like, either way, I don't think you guys are going to get like the best of both worlds. And I was kind of like, I just, I got to bail on this tour. Like, I'm sorry. It's, I know it's last minute and everything. It was like, I get it. You know, it is what it is. And yeah. Uh, so I told him, I was like, all right, so I am available. And, uh, but they, they still told me, they were like, well, we still have this guy because you already told us this. And, mm -hmm. uh, so I did my audition. I went home and literally the day after when I was just reminiscing, I'm like, God damn it, dude, they're probably going to pick this other guy. And they're also going to like, not really care when I go back or whatever. They just called me and they were like, Hey man, so we don't think it's going to work with this other dude. And like, do you just want to come back and like do the tour with us? And I was like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. So that was where. Yeah, the, the clouds parted and I was the just synchronicity happened. Yep. It, it did. And and uh I knew from that moment I was like, this is it. Because like uh it was with the tour was with Death Clock, All That Remains, and Machine Head. 
and I death was just clock. like, "So is it? How how did they do the death cool. clock thing live?" Uh, they played. Um, they synchronized everything with click tracks, where like the artists are on stage, they hear the clicks, and the screen is playing behind them, and it cues the the click tra- click tracks and everything cue them into when they're supposed to play. And uh, it's like Brendan Small, the creator of the uh, TV show, with like Gene Hoagland on drums and yeah. fucking right, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and so they just Sick. yeah they play the show live and uh, but that was just I mean like I was already here with like Abigail which I wasn't ready for but then Dahlia was just like here and I was like oh my god I have to somehow just be ready for this you know and and it was like absolute fucking Cinderella story you know like <laughs> as they say in sports terms but yeah, uh, yeah man it was dude no, surreal that's... to say the least super cool that it lined up for everybody like that you know that that is definitely a a means of moving forward when the universe just puts it in your your lap like that like dude you got the gig it's fucking there ready for you and they're looking for you at the same time it's perfect yeah it was absolutely like uh luck is um what is it like skill meets opportunity or something like that? And yeah, uh, I love, I love the saying that Casey keeps throwing at me when we talk about odious mortem, it's necessity is the mother of invention. And all of that was in that story, dude, the necessity of, of black Dolly needing the drummer, the necessity of you needing to move forward in your career. And it all linked up together. And it's absolutely. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is a hundred percent true because it was, yeah, we were kind of all needing each other and I was really scared shitless, like what my, uh, what my next move was going to be. And, uh, even when I left, uh, my band, Karen Page, when I was in Ohio, I had a whole lull year, uh, where I was doing shit with our vocalists and that's where like unbodied and infestuous came from. It was like the time period that allowed me to carry on doing something until i got the call from abigail where you know ken bedeni left and he joined uh uh aborted and full-time and then and then like abigail was like hey are you still available can you do this and i was like dude i am so glad i didn't go straight home and go to college because like if i would have done that i wouldn't have been available i would have been like knee deep in college debt and then i probably would have just been kicking myself for like ever going back to school you know Dude, 2011-2012, what a year for, like, California drummers to find tech death gigs, dude. It was, like, a big fucking period, I feel like. Like, mm-hmm. you, Ken Bedeni, yeah. Chasen, Westmerlin, all these guys were, like, over here just killing it. And then we just, oh, like, yeah. permutated across the fucking <laughs> states and found all these sick bands. So I'm, I'm so glad that Chasen is back doing shit because, like I said, when I saw him back in... Uh, 2008 and 2009 like playing with burning masses i was like this guy is a fucking shredder that is like unbelievable i mean just like brutally hitting drums and he kind of just like that's what i was gonna in say the background dude. With shit he's got that bit. fucking he's got the bang bang like what or no bam bam he's got the bam bam from flintstones dude he's just fucking yeah. likes to fucking beat the <laughs> fuck out of things dude. <laughs> yeah man he fucking, I, I was glad that he, you know, got his uh, chance in um, 
uh, hate eternal and I'm glad that he got his chance and fucking the faceless and he was doing shit with uh, Abigail when they did their reunion or their their annual or anniversary tour I mean of uh, shadow and then he's doing vitriol and vitriol is fucking awesome and dude he is really yeah. getting to you know put his talents on display there it's awesome so I want no you guys doubt. to really I want to give you guys a chance to judge me possibly or not judge me okay so <laughs> there's two shows on the same day i'm a prog guy i'm, I'm a total nerdy prog guy yep. so um, wait, i'm already biased because i know your style so okay keep going. so so defeated sanity and vitriol playing like fucking 30 minutes for me 35 minutes for me um but also also leprous is playing for me and i've been like wanting to see them forever i've been like almost was like gonna fly to go see them like i was like because the first of all about drummers by the way if i i'm not yeah, a drummer yeah. is sick if I had to pick a drummer that's like a new style, like kind of bringing the prog and has all the weird stuff, and I don't know, for me and the hard hitting and all the things, for me, Bard, I mean, I don't know. To me, he's just insane. Like, I don't, you know, it's not even like trying to be like more, like basically, it's a more prog no. than I am death metal no, right I now. Know. So, I know what you're uh, saying. I know what you're saying, dude. But, and, and it's also like Leprous is a, a international band. They're from what, Norway, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they're both coming to this. They're coming to the states as well. Defeated Sanity's coming to the states, so it's like that. That is a neck and neck right there, you know. Two international bands coming for you to have an opportunity to see them. So it's like, okay, that's a neck and neck. Well, then I mean, we gotta, were like, because like literally, I got into them. Like, I, I'm not even kidding you. I got into them in like fucking January 2020. So I was like, this band's actually kind of sick because I remember. Uh, Gabe Sieber was always like, dude, fuck them, they're sick. Listen to them. And I was like, ah, they're kind of weird. I'm not into it. And then finally it clicked. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm way into this band. And then as I say that that line, it's like March of 2020 when just, like, everything shut down for, like, till now. <laughs> like, it was, like, basically just, like, everything was done, like, as far as show-wise. And they were like, everything's canceled forever, so you missed your chance kind of thing. And I was like, fuck, but I haven't seen Defeated Sanity either, and those are my friends, too. I'm like, ugh, it's just like so many... I would... You go to that... Yeah, you go to what, the would you guys do? what would you guys yeah, do? Yeah, I'm going to say Defeated Sanity and Vitriol, you're going to be able to hug two guests of the show in one night. But I kind of want to be a fan, yeah. too. And Lyle and... But I also want to be a fan, too. Jacob, I mean, like, Lyle, I want to be a fan boy. I want to be a fan boy. Like, I, I love fanning out for my buddies and stuff. But I want to be like a fan boy and be like, I want to be like this guy in the crowd that's you wanna, like, you I want to experience something where it's like not cry. like a billion people have to, not that, I, I love talking to everyone. I'm just joking. Like, I cry at shows, <laughs> dude. Come on. I would I say too that like the band that either resonates the most with you or the thing that you're going to get the most out of because like Lilla and fucking Defeated Sanity are a one so take sick. band. They are yeah, yeah. literally like what so you get sick. at the show is what you literally already heard on record. Like no, totally, it is dude. a one take in the goddamn studio band. And like yeah, they're all they're together. Insane. But then there's yeah. like vitriol on top of that. So you get two for the price of one and you get a full set from Defeated Sanity and you get a big set from vitriol. But then there's Leprous where if Leprous is supporting it's cool, but I already got to see Leprous with the bear to me. They're headlining. Oh, they're headlining. Okay, yeah. Well, then I would go with like whatever has a more emotional impact <laughs> on you or like resonates drumming wise because, dude, that's how I would make it. It's like, if. What do you if think of were... that drummer? What do you think of that drummer, Bard? What do you think of him? Oh, he's absolutely fucking crazy. Like, I yeah, mean, yeah. his shit, he plays with Eon when he's not doing Leprous. So, like, oh, he's, he's a force, yeah. like. 
Yep. Yeah, he's of course on par with like any fucking mentionable awesome project, and he's a great drummer. And uh, but yeah, Leprous for me, like I just I don't have as big of a connection with them. But I will say he is a phenomenal drummer. I just really don't have like the full on emotional musical connection that I do yeah, with yeah. like other certain stuff. But it took yeah, me it was, a while too. I mean, to like when Gabe was like showing it to me, I was like, "Yeah, this is fucking cool." Like, I get like they're going odd timings the whole time. It's like fucking cool prog stuff. Fuck yeah! And then there was I'm like I, I knew like pretty much all of uh, all of uh, uh, pitfalls. I kind of heard it once, and then the one before that, and then there's I can't think of things, names right now because I've been drinking. But uh, I remember like hearing the fucking like I'm like okay, it's cool, but it's like weird, and like I'm not like into it and then there was one song that just hit me it's like well that's why i was asking you about mars volta there was just one song where it was like okay well the might have to turn this fucking franchise around dude Might have to like go like go into fucking like i'm actually into this now like it's like a thing now that i'm actually into like before when i first heard it, i'm like yeah it's talented fuck yeah good for them it's cool and then they got me with one song and i was like shit like i might be in the fucking yeah. a full thing you know so it's a uh, it's definitely that sucks because I bought those tickets like fucking the day they went on sale and then like Defeated Sanity announced the tour, I don't know, like three or four weeks later. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I love yeah. you guys. You know what I mean? And it's like, I want to see you guys too. Like, so it's like, uh, it's the yeah. same night. So I might have to figure out like, because uh, I know Leprous is going to Oregon the next day. So maybe if there's a way I can maybe see um, Defeated Sanity in the next town, like in LA and just drive five it's, hours. Uh, it's Fresno. If you want to just go to Fresno, Fresno? the next night. Yeah. I might actually do that. Okay, cool. Never mind. Sorry, guys. Yeah. God damn Saturday California night. giving Saturday. me all the opportunities to go see Wait, all hey, sorts gonna, of cool I'm shit. A, that was a I'm fucking, a, that was such a Chris Farley voice. Holy shit. Let me add another one to the list. <laughs> Albie Miola is playing Saturday in Oakland this weekend, dude. And I'm going to fucking go, dude. I got to fucking go. He's <laughs> playing at Yoshi's in Oakland. What are you talking? Did you just say you're kidding? Are you No, kidding? I need to go to that now. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were about to be like, that's well, I have to, I've already purchased tickets for BT Bam Car Bomb, which they're playing the night before in Santa Cruz, though. Which just I have tickets come for up as well. And come I was like, I want to see Car Bomb twice. I'm down. Bryce and I want to go, dude. We really want to go. I wish I could have seen Car Bomb. It was, uh, it was uh, either Car Bomb or it was, uh, I, I think it was Sepultura the other night. It was, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It actually was Obscura. It was Obscura and, and okay. BT Bam and Car Bomb were playing. 40 minutes away from me, there was absolutely no fucking way I was going to make it this either. This is so and I was exciting, like, guys. It's you know, so exciting. Listen I know, right now, this month, right now. this month is fucked. This month is fucked for all shows. the options that we have right now when it's been yeah. Yeah. so totally. scarce. What's well, crazy, like, on the podcast, just thinking of how many months ago were we just talking about, well, when we get to go to shows again and yeah. uh, or whenever, like, this one gets canceled. Well, Mar this, this month is the month where it's like yeah. they all were like, hey, dude, let's do it now. And I'm like, shit, yeah. like, trying to like, like me and Trevor have taken, yeah, like, man. Trevor's taken three weeks off already to see shows. Like, I've, Traffic I've jam, literally yeah. taken, like, um, I mean, I'm, he has to work whenever he takes a day off, he has to take a full week off. So it's like, for me, I have to, I've taken three days off already. And it's like Wait, a fourth day. Did you just say when day. he takes a day off, he has to take a week off? Well, he's a carpentry teacher. Mean? So he has, to, he teaches a whole class the whole week. So if he's going to take the whole thing off, he's got to fuck, or take one day off. The whole class has to have another teacher because no. it's not going to be like a random teacher coming in on Wednesday, but like, all right. What was that's, uh, Frank talking about? Quick, you know, you know no, I mean? nails. I, I wish I. They can be long nails. and short. Nails. <laughs> <laughs> little curve. They're also a base. basic math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
quarter inch. Eighth inch. No, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's coming to a head right now. It's going to be like, like, there's so many shows. It was right before COVID even hit. We had like fucking, you know, all the big shows. We had like the Romsteins and all the things like lined up to fucking go see. And then we had like all the small shows bought because Trevor's like a fucking, like a connoisseur of getting tickets. The first person that gets the tickets, you know, he's like, you want to go to that? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. I'll, I'll pay you. Fuck it. Let's do it. And, uh, and then it's all, all canceled. And we're like, uh, oh no. you know, just like, yep, yeah. yeah. I was like, is there alcohol down the store? Oh, there's alcohol over there. We can go do that and fucking live down that road for a while in my house for a while. Watch the, watch the video, <laughs> live videos of bands. Yeah, the YouTube yeah. playlist. <laughs> oh, I've had, I played like all of them out, man. I've like sat that we've had like probably during COVID, probably had like, I don't know, like a hundred, like maybe 103 fucking hangouts on the couch where we're just <laughs> drinking and watching, like, what's your choice? What's your choice? Like it's like yeah, it's like turns into this like I've seen that you showed this to me last night because you were drunk and we're watching it again. I'm like shit. Like you know? <laughs> well, I still like yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm sticking by it. You're gonna watch it again. <laughs> I have so much shit to show you guys, dude. Oh my god. I know. Send us <laughs> that's shit, everybody's. Dude. Jesus that's Christ. everybody's. That's everybody's phrase. I got so much shit to show you, dude. Just wait, dude. Just wait. The comeback. Actually, during COVID is like uh so uh. Speaking of Derek, uh, we talked about the last podcast, but uh, Joseph is in these like fucking amazing bands. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know they were going to be like amazing. I'm like, they're going to be kind of sick, you know? And I was like, he's all, let me show you the oh, demo. Yeah, that, and I was like, oh. That playthrough's out now. The drum playthrough's out. So, dude, oh, yeah. yeah dude, Dreamer. What, what, what playthrough are we talking about? It's Dreamer. A, yes. The song Hollow. Oh, oh, sick. Yeah. I put it out. I know. Sick. On a Friday night, I think. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, what up? Yeah, dude. No, so oh. Alan, I, I showed a, I showed a, uh, Derek Demon Carcass. I was like, yeah, that band. I showed them, uh, like the second I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? And sent it to them. He's in literally like this fucking metal blades, like adding them and everything. Like, cause he said he showed it to Bart, like, cause Bart's like, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? It's like, BT Bam mixed with like really crazy experimental technical death metal. It's like a really cool mix. Okay. But he was like, let me show you cool. my demo. And I was like, sick, dude, a demo? Fuck yeah. Let's watch this. I'm like, I'm like all bored. And, like, and he puts mm -hmm. it on. I'm like, oh mm -hmm. my God. Like, what the fuck is this? And yeah. I remember Joseph was right across the, like my pool table. He was like, he was like watching me going like, are you fucking serious? Like, you guys aren't signed? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And, I and like, the intro, I, I don't know if you heard the intro to our show. He, that's Chris Beatty. That's yeah, a guitar player. player. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. shit. Yeah, and, no, and that's gnarly. hilarious. I I love when people send me a fucking curveball where it's like we're called Dreamer. I'm like, yeah, I bet that's really fucking cool. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, the sickest shit you've exactly. ever heard. And you're like, exactly. What? Exactly. My, yeah. Well, there's a spin it back real quick. There's a Zorn project called Dreamers, and I always got like. I when I Google it, I run into that more than I gotta I gotta do specifics when I'm Googling Dreamer. Yeah, yeah. Dreamer, Chris Beatty, Joseph K, Anthony Drunk Alert. That's how I get to, <laughs> I get dude, to I'm drunker uh, than you, dude. You're just stone on top of it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Google. That's how I get Cheers, there. Guys. Cheers. Um, I have, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to just start taking because Joel loves, loves to tell the story and I appreciate it every time because it's free publicity, of course. But I'm going to start taking this uh, advantage of it and say we actually are looking for a singer. So if you want to sing for us, check it out. But also watch my drum playthrough because uh, we're 
going to open for that Obscura tour here in LA and we all got COVID and had to cancel. So we haven't played a show yet, but, but fucking, I recorded a drum playthrough that same weekend we were supposed Is to it play hollow, it. right? Yeah. Hollow. Um, and I have clips from the other songs of the set and, uh, I just set up new drum mics in my studio, dude. Shout out Ed Talorda of Disgorge to finally vomit, lend me his drum microphones and I'm setting up, I got the five toms set up, dude, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16. And I'm about to track some dreamer shit too. So nice. it's coming along, dude. It's coming along. But we need a okay. singer. So that's our main okay. bottleneck there. So if anyone wants yes. to audition, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, dude. I think you got the style down. It's like, yeah. I feel like it mixed really well with the. Uh, Shrieking and burbles. That's what we're going for. Because we're not dealing with any record labels right now, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah, dude. Let's do it right now. Oh, Come hell on. yeah, dude. Oh, sick, dude. Is it sound super sick? Is there sound? Is there no sound? Yeah. It's my fucking ridiculous size screen. It's all wide, so it's all tiny. Hold on. Yeah, dude, that's fucking Blood, a weed hit. <laughs> <laughs> this marijuana, dude, illegal, illegal. He's <laughs> like, it looks cool for the, for the video, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. I'm all smelling it right now. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It Everybody, good. it's coming. He just goes down like two beats per minute after taking the whiff. He's like. <laughs> That's a good spot to cut. Oh, you have to cut it? Yeah, give him, yeah. It's eight give minutes long, thing. dude. It's eight minutes long. It's Dude, long. No, man. We that, gotta go the hallway. <laughs> I just I, I, know, I, I closed the window. That's because <laughs> you probably were conceived in eight minutes, dude. Like, I mean, it's not that long of time. <laughs> no, but I love it, dude. I love it. I love like you know, like this podcast is literally what made me know Joseph. You know, well, that's fucking cool, guys. Well, Joseph and, plays in Discord too. He plays Discord, like that's a no, I know, a rock and roll bang from like, the. I mean, I, I don't know if Alan Joseph knows that by just... him interviewing me, and now here we are, X amount of months later, and I'm digging the fuck out of his projects. I'm loving him as a human. Let's praise Joseph K for a second. Well, well thank you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher Beatty, get the motherfucker on a on an actual pod, not a post pod. You know what he's doing? Don't tell Demon Carcass to text dude. me and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm with Christopher Beatty." Yeah, right we now. should like, we should invite Christopher Beatty on. Get him yeah, out of the I, shadows, dude. I'll, 
all he's he's doing a music, a music video, video right, now. right now. Yeah, they're in a music he's video. Doing a music video so. I'm just kidding. We invite him like every mm. week. It's fun. He's shooting but, um, a music video that all of us are eagerly awaiting to tell you yeah. which one it is. We all know which one it is. Yeah, we can't tell you yet. How but tall is he? He's I don't know taller he's than me. Like six probably foot, six, six two, three. He's like, you think seven, he's like seven seventeen. Dude. He's definitely probably yeah at least six three six four. I mean, but wiener size. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So the height and the way he plays, dude, is definitely average, dude. Average. Let's bring, hey, let's bring the guests back into the podcast. I wanted to say, I saw you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone's seen you play with Black Dahlia, but I saw you with Black Dahlia, and I think it was on the Napalm Death Tour, but I didn't actually get to see Napalm set, but it was with oh. Abnormality. And yeah. um, well, who was that in the middle? It was um, uh, not Despise Icon, Misery Index, maybe? I think or yeah yeah you yeah, I think you're right I, um yeah I'm looking at it right now and wait maybe I'm looking at it right now I can't remember if that was the one that had all the fucking like uh support bands out of nowhere no because it was like Pig Destroyer was on that for two days right mm -hmm. it was Napalm Death and and Pig Destroyer showed up but I think Misery Index right. was on pretty much all of it they just happened to have a Pig Destroyer set in the middle. Hmm. Okay, Am I, I didn't right? see them. I okay, don't know. Okay, then I just... I'm probably mixing up tours because I'm looking at one that's like power. Is that trip, your first tennis. time seeing Pig Destroyer? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it yeah. was like when I was in Dahlia. I think that was the first that's time I saw Pig that's Destroyer. That's a wicked set, dude. Yeah, I love that band, dude. It was. I didn't know what to expect, but it was definitely really fucking awesome, mm -hmm. and uh, had a great time. It was just glad that you know we got to even share a show with them. So totally They're sick. I think did they play uh, May, uh, Psycho Las Vegas this last year? Because I think I saw them. Yeah, they did. And um, the I want to almost say, and I could be wrong again because I'm just mixing up bands or whatever. But I thought Noisem. Maybe he was on that Napalm tour. Was that right, or was that? No, I think it was. It was Napalm, Black Dahlia, Misery Index, and Abnormality was Abnorm the show I saw. Okay. Observatory, uh, Orange County. Okay, I do. It was before say... I had met. Yeah, anyone? Fuck! I thought Power Trip was on that too. I don't know. That's what's cool is that you played a lot of shows and yeah with shit up. It's like awesome so much <laughs> yeah so many great bands i was gonna say though that uh power trip you know we did a tour with them back in 2014 with carcass and that was that decibel tour and uh now they're um one of their guitar players is uh playing bass for uh pig destroyer now and then the other guitar player is playing fucking guitar for exhum and Which i was is, just oh, like that's right you guys that's are living the dream you guys that's like start out Wait. playing awesome metal and you're just playing for fucking sick ass bands now pig destroyer has a bass player now They've... yeah they did for a little bit where they had uh uh the guitar players no drummer's cousin adam jarvis's cousin was in it and then uh okay. he he left and then they got um guitar player from uh noisome and Prowler, so now he's been a terrifier phantom limb i don't remember any of those albums having bass but then no. they've still been going i think book, book burner book burner is that when they introduced it maybe yeah I actually do so. you remember that album and isn't book burner the drummer 
of misery index at least at that time yeah. adam okay. jarvis yeah he's 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 been in both since then so nice yeah. yeah, that's a that's a the drums are wicked on that album, dude. Go check that out. Yeah, book burner, and He's it comes with really... a. You know, what's cool is that I got the deluxe version. It comes with uh, J.R. Hayes's uh, uh, short story that goes. It, it's in correlation with the album. Plus, they did a uh, uh, cover EP, seven or eight songs or something that came with it. It's all punk uh, covers that they they did it's rad dude whole oh, okay. situation dude it's a whole little book it's an actual book that you don't want to burn don't put it on the burner, <laughs> <man. Keep> it. <laughs> oh, nice. that's a that's a dark time in history but anyways uh fucking <laughs> i feel like uh dude i'm stoked to fucking see you fucking doing this i mean i we, we toured with uh shannon lucas when we were did the black Dahlia tour back in the day and i remember like oh, casey sick. and shannon were like we're like, I don't know, it was, I'm, I'm a bass player going like, yeah, you guys are sick, dude. But everyone's like, you know, really stoked on fucking you joining the band and stuff. And I talked to Trevor about it and he fucking loves you and stuff. He loves your energy and stuff. And like, you've got this youthfulness to you that like, I can tell right off the bat that uh, fucking brings something that kind of like reminds me of Black Dahlia Murder. So I'm super stoked that you guys are in the band. Like, or you're in the band. Oh, thank Welcome. you. Yeah, I appreciate it. What, what band, by the way, were you in? Uh, we were in Decrepit Birth and Odious Mortem, or we're in Odious oh. Mortem and Decrepit Birth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and shit. Was, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was a bald guy down here in, on the left. Um, he was <laughs> Severed Savior, too. Severed Savior. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Sick. Yeah. yeah. And then right. the guy, Odious Severed and the, and the guy in the, the, guy in the hat in the should, corner. We should the guy do the hat our in the actual corner is, intros uh, of who we are. And the guy in the hat in the, right here, is uh, he plays in Disgorge, basically, right now. It's to violently yeah. vomit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't realize I was amongst. Uh, <laughs> well, we literally got together here. like uh, within the ten minutes before we went live. That's literally when everybody. Was <laughs> yeah. <the intro>. Like, <laughs> yeah. We had such little time to actually do the intro, and I mean, really, it's like, oh, dude. I don't hey, want to put this up, up here. Jesus, up, that's dude? a I'm, terrible thing to say. I'm Anthony from this, <laughs> this, and that. I don't really do that. I don't even think I Thanks, even Cole. said my name in the beginning. I didn't of this, say it. You know. That's one thing that we don't do is intro what we do and who we are. I don't even think I said my name. Did I say but my name in the beginning of that? Respect on my name. Need <laughs> <laughs> some fucking respect, dude. I mean, yeah. we've had we've had so many killer like drummers, especially, and Casey has gotten a lot of the sickest drummers on the show. Derek oh, Roddy and, and shit, and, and, yeah, and yeah, Alec. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Alan yeah. is fucking right. top notch, dude. Like oh, yeah. holding nice, down dude. the tech death drumming throne for the longest running tech death band of all time the black dahlia murder dude would you call them tech death would you call I don't them know. Tech I, death? I, I, like drunk. I feel like, like a, we're oh. melodic and i do i mean like i love it's technical though i love all sorts of you know different brutal insane death metal and shit like that and i kind of feel like um i'm speaking loose that's all I, I well, I was gonna say I kind of feel like uh, an imposter sometimes, where I'm like, I want to be, you know, in this realm with people, but I don't really know if we fit there. I just am like, I really appreciate this, and I really fucking like care about this type of stuff, but I just don't know that I can really say with the material that I put out into the world that it's it's much of the same type of you know like uh, technical uh uh what do you call it like proficiency i guess um 
But I'm just glad to be here. Glad that you guys decided to have me. Uh, so, you know. Oh, dude. Thanks. I'm so stoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, what was the first uh, Black Dahlia video? There, I mean, my my legs in it. <laughs> because I remember, like, uh, Brian, oh, yeah. Brian brought Brian brought me and the uh, animosity guitar player Frank and uh, my buddy Carrie on there, but on the bus, he's like, "Get on, get on!" And like, it was like we just got so fucked up, it was insane. And like, I told the story on actually the fucking last podcast where because uh, they brought up that that DVD where uh, and then fucking Trevor just stands up, he's like, "All right," he's like, "Just as fucked up as we are," he's like, "All right." I gotta go on stage. All right, see you guys. It's like we're in the back of the bus. I'm like, how the fuck are you gonna do anything? Like we're like, oh I'm like barely God. walking. And I was like, we just smoked like nine joints and like drank like I don't know like eleven beers. I'm like we're like, don't worry, it's all in there. here. Yeah, yeah. Then you see Trevor do it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it really is all in there, dude. He's fucking yeah. It's, like, a, it's a robotic <laughs> thing. It's like it's like all right, dude. Yeah, how you doing? It's like oh shit. Just going to go into this one mode of the where funnest it's like shows sober, I yeah. ever had at the pound was uh, I don't know who else was on the bill. Uh, oh, it was BTBM and uh, BTBM. But I said it right. Uh, okay. <laughs> right before them was Black Dolly Murder, dude. And Black Dolly Murder gets up there with Hawaiian t-shirts on, and they yeah, just yeah. come up. Everybody, they're all yeah. holding beach balls, and they immediately just throw beach balls into the that. crowd, no. dude. And everybody, and and it just fucking let they let loose. Yeah. And the beach balls were going the whole time, and they're rocking out in their fucking Hawaiian t-shirts and or colored shirts, and you're just like, yes. California, dude. California. Black or California from Michigan. Exactly. But they're in Cali and they're fucking saying, Hey, we're in your element right now, motherfuckers. Hell yeah. I guarantee they were wearing sandals then. (laughs) Well, I I've I've always thought band that Black Dolly Murder was like one of the funnest bands live, like to see and just and it but at the same time being so crushing and perfect sounding and always, you know, just like like watching them every night back in the what was it 2008 I think was when we did that tour the nocturnal like, yeah yeah and dude it was just like fuck like we were so blown away by them every night just like this dude we're we're yeah, professional near too how pro so they professional. were and just like a machine yeah. and just and then super cool what's up guys and just go up there and just you know perfect every night and so, <laughs> yeah every time and so dude. and uh, when we had Trevor on it was actually exactly 50 episodes ago so that was because I. Whoa. I kind oh, of jerry rigged the flyer real quick. It was like uh, we had tw- it was fifth episode twenty two. This is seventy two. So like, uh, and w- when we it's had Trevor on, I did yeah, I did like this huge, um, you know, catch up on Black Dahlia stuff, and I listened to all of the albums that you're, you know, all that stuff, like ton of it. And I was like really into it, and uh, and I I was like listening to all this that stuff again recently and stuff. So I just uh, and I was watching your videos and shit, and I was like you know getting really into it. So. I've never seen you play or, or met you yet, but like I've, I was like, dude, that guy is shreds, dude, that guy Alan, and he was talking about you on the episode and shit. And we were just, dude, super cool. And so yeah, just like Joel was saying, I totally got that vibe that you just, dude, obviously just fit right in the group. Fucking like kids nowadays. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. okay. I know. <laughs> no, you're killing it, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. I I always kind of felt like uh, this was a band that I, you know. I think a lot of people, for the most part, are like they want to get into a band like this because it it just has that idea of just you know we we care about the music we care about the music but we care about having a good time and being like a band that's like um, approachable and sort of like 
wants to, you know, be uh, accessible to, I think, the fans, but also just, like, be able to speak truly and honestly about, like, what it is that we care about. And at least, like, from my position, dude, I waited, like, a fucking, I don't know, five to seven year period where it was, like, I was in Wyoming just, like, I was waiting to find my people. You know, I was waiting to find my, like, group of um friends that that knew what i was talking about with music and gave a shit about the things that i I liked like-minded folks and people who were very centered on the things that i was centered on with which was like Mm -hmm. you know this one part and this one riff and this one i or in this one band like did you also feel that it was just kind of like you know made you made you kind of feel like maybe you were gay for a second or something but like no i, I mean like I, I don't know you know it's just like you're looking for that like deep connection of some kind where i like, think the word is emotional right no 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 i'm not i'm not saying gay and like no, sure. no, i mean like for legitimately sure. no no, no that's fine no, that's like... fine i'm just saying like you felt something you're like you felt vulnerable vulnerable you're like yeah no no i yeah, really yeah. thought my dick tickled for a second and i was <laughs> yeah yeah exactly sure. No, uh, exactly but, uh, yeah. but like it, it uh yeah you know, you know it's just like it's it's one of those things where you just you're looking for somebody who or you're looking for a group of people who really understand you on that oh. level and you can talk music and you can emote and you can mm-hmm. just find that commonality and so anyway i don't know like my my whole thing was just like i really wanted a group of people that were passionate about the music that they were writing and i wanted a band that i could connect with uh on a personal level with um the things that i wanted to do and the ideas that what i cared would, about and all that can stuff. help you excel you know it, it, it's yeah what you put into the pot that helps everybody in the project it, move forward yeah exactly like i i definitely also know where it's like you know you can add to the band and you don't feel like you're too far out of it either um creatively or or uh, proficiently and um dahlia felt like a band that i just always kind of understood and was it was something i was like yeah i think if i you know could get into something like that 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 would be something that i could do and just amazingly enough it happened and uh i've i've always kind of just felt that um that fire under my ass, you know, that sort of like totally. uh, motivation and that, that uh, desire to um, want to contribute and want to uh, play along with those things and build on to it because um, it really, it really stems from like what I cared about when I first was really getting to metal and shit. So it's like, not only do I understand it, but I really like, like it a lot, you know? So I think it's a perfect fit all around. I want to end it on this. How do you feel? Because you mentioned as one of your influences, you said Black Dahlia Murder. I like how you're adjusting the mic. We can't even hear the mic. It's through your computer. But, uh, is it but, really? Uh, it hasn't been through yeah, this it is the whole time. time. I know. I'm oh like, my whatever, God. Me. <laughs> it makes right, you feel comfortable. Well. I love it. <laughs> you're like, I'm gone. Bye. But, uh, All no. right. Well. <laughs> you have to drop it. Luckily, you have a holder. But uh, as far as like like you get to join your fucking favorite band because you said like one of your favorite bands you said in your influences when we were talking about it, you said like you know you're naming bands you're like blah 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 Black Dahlia Murder blah 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 you're like at the gates well you said all that like now you're in it so like how does it go from like 
you being a fan of it to now producing and and giving music to them and and now being a part of it and being part of that family um i think there's a uh certain level of well there's a big part of reality that plays into it because it goes from being a fantasy to being reality and a fantasy yeah. can be anything it could be literally like every great fucking aspect of anything that you could hope for possible uh in in the situation but in reality it's really like hey man not uh everything you write is going to be um something that gets accepted onto the album and something that like is uh you know like gonna accentuate or accommodate the the music that's written and stuff like that and um that was one of the things that was kind of like a reality check for me was like okay this isn't just you know a local band for me i can't just like come in here because it was the it was like abysmal the second album where i really got to like sit in there and i actually try and write drums for the band and uh i decided to like you know write just shit off the wall where i was like hey dahlia doesn't do this but i do this and it wasn't you know like necessarily uh accepted uh the way that i thought it would be and it just it, it kind of like dawned on me that i'm like well you know this might be what i want to do this might be what i like to do but at the same time it's not necessarily the most um it just it just doesn't like sit in line with certain things you know maybe it detracts from it just a little bit too much because you're being too flashy or showing off a little bit too much and uh that was my first taste of like being that young age and being in a very very professional band and kind of like never having had that experience of like i know how to rope it in to hear the context of the music and what i'm doing and be able to and instead i had to meet that reality and be like oh no this is actually like something that i need to think about more when i'm writing along to this type of stuff to be able to get in line with what sounds good and then it was like i didn't have uh the ability to program drums back then i was um whenever i would write drums i had to go to the drum kit and learn the entire song and add my fills and do my things that i wanted to do and when i would record it i'd be like oh my god i got all these cool ideas and then i'd listen back for the first time as an actual listener and not a uh performing uh artist in the song and i'd be like oh you know what that's actually not as cool as i thought it was going to be and i just got the opportunity to not be in that brain space of performing and having to know here's where that crazy ass fill comes up and i have to do the sticking just right that's like super cool but it doesn't sound like it gels with what's going on you know and so when totally. i got the ability to start programming drums and i also knew that like hey not everything that i'm doing is going to be the coolest thing ever written because i'm being a little bit too maybe nuts for the style or I'm like doing things that are just not accommodating the song or it's just outside of like kind of what the band would do and all this other shit. It, um, yeah, I think that's where the fantasy met reality and I don't regret it at all. I think it was the growing aspect of things that I needed to have. And unfortunately, you know, at some point you're going to have to have like that, that, uh, 
you know, point in your life or, or your musical career where you just go, oh, oh, yeah, I have to learn from these things. And so I don't know. It's just like it's been it's been cool because I I've grown as a songwriter and as a drummer. And then I love like sitting in the fucking back lounge with uh, Trevor on tours and shit like that. And we just listen to death metal and we listen to like all sorts of other different stuff. And we just like, you know, he's the guy that I was looking for. or One of the people that I was looking for, I'm like, let's talk about music and like, let's get in depth about it. Like let's fucking really like talk about the details and the aspects of this shit that like, I don't think that a lot of people, uh, you know, really take into account when they listen to some of this stuff and he is such a critical listener, even if he's a vocalist, he is so fucking, you know, on top of that type of shit. And that's where I'm like, dude, that's amazing. That is the other side of this where I did want, you know, that experience with this band. I wanted that like camaraderie and, and that kind of like, um, you know, uh, that sort of like joint, uh, I don't know. Meetup. I, I, I'm synergy. running out of synergy. 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 Yeah. yeah, sure. And uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's where reality meets fantasy and it all kind of works together. And it just, it really fucking like it, it works out great. I mean, it's been 10 years and I think we're all, you know, Jesus, it's been a decade. You've been in the band already, dude, I will have been in the band 10 years in October. And oh, dude, uh, how fucking man. old are we getting? Jesus Christ. We're the OGs exactly. now, exactly. guys. Come on. I remember when they were like, you're 23, you're a fucking baby. And now I'm like, I'm 33. I'm a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said 89, I was like, oh, shit. How long did you join the band? Because I remember like, in, watching the video and stuff, you were like the young guy in the band. And I was like, 89 is not that young nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, like if you put things together. Yeah, they're not just like, an idiot. <laughs> totally. No, totally. Yeah, no, I mean, you're um, in the 30s. Vince you know? was like, 88. Yeah. yeah. So Vincent's 88. That, that, that Pat 88, 89, or whatever. It's that generation. So he's totally. like, a, no, the it's crazy. Brother. He's the and younger it's, brother. Re it's really, I go back to what I was saying. Like, you're like, like you know, touring with those guys and stuff like that. Like, with like Brian and Trevor. Like, you you match the energy of them. Like, I feel like it, you guys would fit perfectly together. Like, if I you just came on here randomly, I'd be like, oh, totally. They're looking for a drummer right now? I'm like, wait till and after. I'm going to hit them up. <laughs> I think we also, like, we also really want to make music. We all really want to make music. And that was, that was a huge, like, unending motivation of mine. was like, I don't care who I'm with. I want to get to a point where I am happy with who I'm with and what I'm doing. But my ultimate motivation is to be writing and playing music no matter fucking what. And I think that that's like our shared value being in this band is just that ultimate goal of like, we don't want to stop making music until it just fucking is like, we just absolutely either suck or we've hit a wall where mm -hmm. somehow we just all are like, we can't do this anymore. You've you know, and, and the sponge dry just... Get yeah, all and we the will and drops out of it, dude. We will absolutely wring it dry. Like, I mean, as, yeah. as far as we are concerned, motivationally, like that's I think where we all stand. Totally, that's man. all good, cool. dude. That's I think all of us have that in us, you know. We're gonna keep it, even if we take a break. We're gonna come right back, dude. I don't, I don't see myself not doing this 
<laughs> yeah, that's much better. It's much more that than uh, Anthony drink alert tonight. Well, fuck yeah. I mean, dude, fucking Omeo Joseph, I'm super glad you showed up for like for us to hang out to like fucking jam out. Yeah, dude. But, uh, this is fun, dude. Remember, this is super fun. I'm Omeo Joseph from Detroit. <laughs> no, you're Omeo fucking killing Joseph, it, man. Dude. You're you're literally fucking like murdering, dude, and I'm like so stoked for you. And I'm so stoked like you're making, you know, like trying out Trevor and, and Brian, you know, like they're super stoked on you guys on you guys. You guys are multiple people. And I and, <laughs> no, uh, the second time you did this this show. You whatever, said it dude, earlier I, too. You called him. I'm not even gonna show you the like... amount of drinks I've had in front of me. But uh <laughs> I'm really appreciate I really appreciate you showing up, man, on, especially on short notice and stuff and like and and fuck man, you're killing it and like I'm so glad you're fucking jamming with good people and that you guys are vibing together and I feel like you guys will do it for a long like time. I know I know Trevor and uh, Brian will, you know, be together no matter what, and I hope you fucking join them. And uh, love Verminus, Verminilius? Is it Verminus, right? Verminus, Verminus. Okay. Verminous. I keep looking at the beginning of the word, and I'm like, is there an L in that? I don't know. I just saw the fucking first four letters. Verminus, but, uh... Verminus. No, it's always three. It's always three syllables. It's either nocturnal or fucking deflorate or Verminus or Nightbringers or... I mean, seriously, yeah. we think about this oh, shit, whoa. you know? <laughs> what was the first one? Yeah, unhallowed yeah, my asthma. Un- yeah, unhallowed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, yeah it's speed. all speed. three speed. syllables. But at that uh, time, like when when uh, unhallowed came out, it was like it was like three uh, worded bands. It was like something of the blah, something oh, blah yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah. It was like now they just took it to syllables, dude. They're just well, now one of the other one. Black of the Dahlia murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a black Dahlia of the Dahlia yeah. murder. Yeah, that doesn't matter so much. Just, yeah, just the the albums. Totally, man. You're shredding it, man. I fucking hope to see you on tour. I definitely we, will see you on Is somebody on who who can we raid right now? Is there raid? Oh, uh, I already got it set up. It's Kev Mueller. I'm gonna Kevin. Let's do it, dude. Yeah, obviously. raid Kev. Fuck yeah, Always. Kev. Always. I'm raiding him right now. I know Kev. how to fucking do it after the ninth time. Finally, you do it? being drunk at nice, the end of the episode. Yeah, Murray's not here. Oh, we, Kev Miller. We have either Herman Lee or Kev Mueller. Herman Herman Lee has 1.4 thousand people watching him right now, and Kev's got like 30 or something. So it's gonna be Kev for sure. Like Herman yeah, Lee doesn't definitely. need 30 more. Like crazy. Okay. Yeah. No, we'll scare right. him. Like, scare Kev with the the amount of people that are gonna rate him 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, fuck yeah. <laughs> Overwhelmed. Yeah, fuck yeah. Alan, <laughs> thanks for showing up, man. Stoked. I appreciate yeah, you being thanks. here. Hey, thank you yeah. guys for having me. Oh yeah, definitely. Come on, man. Yeah, you have to dude. do your thing. I'm... And shout out Mike Mike Caputo in the chat, killing it with yes, fucking all Mike. the sick Shout out to all the chatters, dude. It, it seems like yeah, all the chatters. I know. We got to figure out, by the way, we got to figure out all that. No, that's, that's in, all over. We got, they're they're all the over. Oh, yeah, so they're like everything. We have to I figure am... out how to like incorporate the chat more because like we're like in like deep talks and I'm like, how do you like throw a question in the middle of a deep talk, you know? So yeah. we'll have to figure that out. Maybe throw it on the screen or something. I don't know. We're Mike figuring it out, Alan. We're brand new. Here, My here, trick here. is I never stop talking. <laughs> That's a good trick. That's You're a good. fucking trick, dude. That's a good I trick, like Copperfield. All right. And, and doing this, like, what is this? Uh, we're sixth, seventh episode we've done on Twitch. We're still infants on this. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Scott Carstairs, and they were like, dude, you got to do this. You got to do go on yeah. this. Like, and, uh, Justin McKinney and stuff. So it's a new platform where, like, it's like live shit like coming up or like fuck how do we like we're like right in the middle of 
he's talking about his mother showing him like fucking tears for fears. How do we throw like black metal is sick in the middle of that? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're yeah. getting it. We're, we'll get there. Nah, we'll but get uh, there. thanks everyone for chatting, dude. We're watching yeah. all of it, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, Alan, awesome brother. Thank you so much again, dude. And thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank oh, you yeah. for everybody who's been hanging out with us Absolutely. tonight. Thank you to all the subscribers, all the all the peeps. Uh, hit those buttons. Uh, love your go there. Folks. Go somewhere and on that tour. Go so, go on that tour. Check out this tour wherever you are. Go to go Deep with deep. people, buy yourselves and each other drinks, have a great time, hug each other, and love your peeps. Uh, we'll be here next week. Rock on. Yeah. Use Cali De- code Cali Death at the front door, and they'll give you a, a pound of drugs. <laughs>